warning. This podcast has been labeled as vile, dangerous, and toxic. Listener discretion is advised. Limit. Break. Here's your host, Amiro Gregori. Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio! Man, it feels good to say that again. That's right, Limit Break Radio doing yet another reunion episode. It was FanFest. You know we had to. Joining me, I'm so happy to have these guys here with me today. We've got Strife. Strife, how you doing? Hey, man, doing great. And, of course, everyone's favorite, Nika. Nika, how's it going today? Oh, I'm the favorite. You are the favorite. Oh. And that, and you don't have a you don't you don't have a choice. You have to accept that title. I accept and the, it and with honor. And the responsibility that comes with it. Oh boy. I don't know what that is. Uh, there's there's very very little responsibility when it comes to uh Limit Break Radio at this point. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us for yet another reunion episode. It is so nice to be back on the channel. So nice to be back in the saddle again. Limit Break Radio rides at least one more time. And I have a special, exciting announcement for you here today. We will, in fact, ride at least one more time. Get excited, ladies and gentlemen. Limit Break Radio will return one more time. We're going to talk about this more as we get into the program here today. But we're going to talk to you about what you can do to bring back Limit Break Radio. There is a possibility that we may produce new episodes on an ongoing basis, and you can help with that. You can also help with things like restoring the archive. We're going to have all kinds of details here for you today on Limit Break Radio. But we have to start the show, and nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to start on a down note. Nobody wants to start on a bummer. But we need to dedicate today's episode to Wileyum. We lost Wileyum one year ago today, May 17th. And I'm glad that uh, someone reminded me about this because it seems so appropriate to be bringing this show back on the anniversary of someone who meant so much to this community. So I want to see hearts in the chat. I want to see rump cocks in the chat. We miss Wileyum so much. In fact, Wileyum was the reason that I came back to Final Fantasy XIV. My first time coming back, resubbing to the game, was to attend the memorial for Wileyum. So we want to dedicate today's show to Wileyum, one of our uh, 
one of our, our fallen soldiers, one of the fallen LB army. Um, so, uh, yeah, that got to get that right out of the way, right at the top of the show. We all miss Wileyum and thank you guys for the hearts and for the rump cocks. But you know what? We got a lot of fan fest coverage to get to. And we don't necessarily have a ton of time, but we are broadcasting live from Aorzea. Let's go ahead and flip it on over to the Aorzean studios. Hey, look at this. Look at this. Oh, hey, 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 we're back, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to join us, you can feel free. Uh, I forget. What is our where is our our house? I don't remember. Uh, goblet, goblet fifth ward plot 30 there we there go goblet fifth ward plot number 30 if you want to join us uh for uh today's limit break radio we got some we got a few people we got mary kennett at least but if you want to jo- and res oh and res and res as well so if you want to join us here live in studio uh then uh you can do that uh we are in the goblet fifth ward plot number 30 we are also going to be taking your calls here today on the program we want to hear your reactions to the full trailer of Endwalker. uh we also want to hear your reactions to uh reaper and so many other announcements exclamation point discord in the chat we'll get that done you will get a link to the uh lbr discord server and then the channel that you're looking for is lbr calls uh lloyd is standing by to uh to to take your calls and to forward you along to us and then we'll uh we'll go ahead and get you on the air um so obviously a ton to talk about in terms of fan fest but i thought that i would uh uh, you know take a second because it's been three months since we've uh since we've done the last reunion episode um I thought I'd give a you know an opportunity to sort of update everyone on uh, on what you've been doing either in game or in your personal life. Nika, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Uh, so my personal life has been extremely different ever since having a child. So well, we I knew th- saying- <laughs> we knew that part. <laughs> I have only been able to play during patch times, and I've been playing a lot of other games, and so it's hard to. What have you been playing? Uh, the near remake. Oh, and of Pokemon course. Snap. <laughs> I mean, Pokemon Snap, I can understand, right? Like that's one that you could probably play with your kid or play at your kid, and she could watch it and get something out of it. She does less so with the near. Um, I I do not understand your preoccupation with near. I finally did those near raids, and I was mad at myself for doing them i was confused the entire time it was baffling i was confused too it's it's just a lot of fan service and not a lot of like substance i will say yeah yeah um so uh well it's it's good to have you here and uh talking about some ff14 even though i think we're we're all probably at the same point uh, of how much we play ff14 at this point in our lives like i i think i've logged in around patches and that's about it maybe i have a little bit more than you right now because i've actually done things like bazoja 
but other yeah, than I have that, not. Other than that, uh, yeah, I did. Cl- uh, you know, well, just move on to me, I guess. Uh, I did finally clear uh, all of the current content. Uh, the last thing that I had left was um, the uh, the the near raids, and yeah, I still don't understand. Like, here's here's my problem with the near raids, right? Who was that crossover supposed to benefit? Because as a Final Fantasy fourteen player that has never played near, I mean, I did. I, you know what? I, I take that back. I played the PlayStation three near game, and when uh, like I got stuck at a fishing uh, mini game. And went, okay, well, I'm done with this and never went back. So as a Final Fantasy fourteen player that doesn't that's not really invested in Nier, those raids did absolutely nothing for me. It, it, there was nothing in there that made me go, Oh, you know what? I should play Nier. Like I, I, I'm I'm really motivated to play Nier after this. Um I mean I mean I do think the Anog and Kanog storyline was not too hard to follow. Like it was okay. Like it was, it was like average fare, but the rest of it was just like fan service and confusion. Yeah, but like if you play, so I have to imagine that if I got nothing out of this, that this has to be for the inverse, right? Like this has to be for a near fan. Like it's, it's, is it supposed to bring a near fan to FF fourteen? I will say I'm in like a group that is really invested in Yoko Taro's universe. From like Drakengard all the way through near, they're all actually related. Um, and for some reason, the third near raid decided to throw bosses from the first near and Drakengard in there. And people in the Drakengard groups were losing their minds. They're like, oh my god, that's so amazing. Why is there Drakengard stuff in this game? And so they were actually players who don't play 14 were really invested in that raid, I will say. Really? Uh, you really. Really, really. Okay. Um, All right. I mean, I but, guess it's in the Square Enix family, right? It, yes, and it is. Um, but I will say, as somebody who is really into both Nier and Nier Automata, it was a little confusing. Because, like, the first two raids actually felt like it was going to build up into some kind of connection with Automata. They might be able to make some funky, weird canon out of it. And then the third raid went off the rails, and I I have no idea why they included bosses from the first Nier, and it just made no sense. Um, but... It was it was definitely like a lot of fans. There was like, oh my god, that was in the game, or this mechanic feels so similar to the game. But like in the end, like I was a little let down, like not let down, but like disappointed by like the fall out from then. But uh, I mean, it just it had no bearing on anything in FF14. So it just felt like a like a I don't know a punt. And that you know what I mean? Like they it just felt like they were stalling for time. And then I, I mean, I don't know, like visually it was kind of cool, but like I, I just yes. I again I just don't know who this is supposed to be for. Like um I, I guess if it's for yeah. like near super fans, then But see, I feel like it doesn't even fit that category. Cause like what I liked about the Evil East raids was they at least made Evil East a part of 14's yeah. realm, yes. right? Yeah. And it, like, so even though it was a lot of fans, there was for Tactics fans and 12 fans, it still felt like part of 14. Yeah. And like, I, near, I was really excited for the Nier raid because I'm such a big Nier fan, but like, it didn't feel like, like, it felt, I don't know, it didn't really fit very well yeah, yeah i don't yeah. i don't know why they missed the mark on this one versus evilist but they definitely did well i i'm not saying that the evilist raids were necessarily uh the the most brilliant thing that i've ever played either uh no 
but they at least try to integrate them, right? Yeah, no, it it did. It, it there was an element of at least world building. Like, okay, we at least filled in some of the map there, and I feel like I have a greater understanding. It's weird that Dalmasca is a part of, uh, you know, Eorzea, but it, you know, I I guess sure. Uh, I mean, they're paying it off even now, right? With the new storyline, they are. Like, yeah, with the Bazoja stuff, which is shocking. Um, and again, one of the things about Shadowbringers that I wasn't expecting and was pleasantly surprised by um so that, yeah outside of that i've actually been playing a shitload of final fantasy 11 um I, hey it's uh, <laughs> y- you know what the, it is actually a lot more satisfying than playing 14 because i just can't i can't play it it's too clunky what, i can't i can't what, do it what's it like having stockholm syndrome um, I, you, you don't know that you have Stockholm syndrome when you have Stockholm syndrome, first of all. That's fair. Um, you know, and uh, the, the thing is, is you know, uh, I, I knew that there was a, a, an element of, uh, you know, going back on the crack when I had signed back up to do it. But... <laughs> Someone, someone in the in the the Twitch audience was very adamant about me giving Final Fantasy Eleven another try, and I'm glad that I did because, uh, again, you know, uh, I I think that there are a lot of lessons that can be learned from Final Fantasy Eleven that aren't implemented into not just Final Fantasy fourteen, but to modern MMO design that should be considered. There's a lot that's still there that's very valid. Um, so, uh, yeah, been having a, uh, a very good time playing Final Fantasy XI, which, of course, you can catch here on the stream my, uh, my, my either my playthroughs of Final Fantasy fourteen or XI. Uh, I do a lot of them here on the channel, so uh, make sure you hit that follow button and uh, check it out. That's uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and then we do something a little bit special and unique on uh, Saturday. Strife, what have you been doing lately? Uh, lately, honestly, a lot of work, mostly work. When I'm not working, uh, raiding in World of Warcraft with my guild, and uh, when I do have free time on weekends, actually, lately, have been playing a little bit of FF14, just started doing the boss just stuff the other weekend. Well, and you've also been streaming a little bit of WoW, too, on the channel, haven't you? Yes, as of last week, I'm trying to stream most Wednesdays, if I can. Dude, that's what's up. So make sure that you join Strife on Wednesdays, and I also heard rumor of maybe a little uh, weekend streaming sometimes, too. Uh, potentially going to see how it goes. All right. No commitments there, but, uh, but yeah, make sure that you, uh, come hang out with strife when he's streaming on Wednesdays. Cause, uh, basically, you know, I, I, I was thinking like, what is the through line of the content on our channel? And it's not just specifically MMOs. Cause I will spend some time playing, uh, uh, fallout 76 as well, but it mostly does seem to be online multiplayer games. Um, so if you're into checking out online multiplayer games, I may actually end up picking ESO back up uh and you know what's really wild i've i had i recently just went back and like went through and watched all of the hobbit movies and all of the lord of the rings movies um so good because of that amazon series that's starting up that's supposed to follow the cimmerillion uh, so I was like, oh, you know what? Let's let's see if this holds up. Hobbit movies, not so much. Lord of the Rings for twenty year old movies. Jesus Christ, do they still hand up? 
um, uh, hold up rather. And uh, and so, you know, I've been kind of maybe toying around with uh, playing through some Lord of the Rings online, too. So uh, you can catch that all on the channel, twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. It's where you are right now, in fact. So uh, make sure you hit that follow button and uh, come and, uh, and and hang out with us uh, when we are live. So, um all right, let's get into it because there was a whole lot that was going down at uh, FanFest and a, a whole lot that we have to talk about, and we're already uh, 30 minutes into this thing. Real quick, though, before we get into this, I do want to point out a quick feature here to the chat. Now, um, some people have noticed and pointed out, and we're sorry he couldn't be here, but he's actually on a real actual vacation juxtaposition cannot be here today um it's not that he didn't Aww. want it's not that he didn't want to be here uh but f, yeah, f in the chat he 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 is not able to be here uh Do your job today and king brohammet has uh so wonderfully pointed out how you can do juxta's job uh, we have a new feature here uh, on uh, on the stream that allows you. Jesus, did you even try? Thank, thank you, Lloyd. Uh, to fire juxta drops whenever you want. The only thing. Yeah, I know. Uh, the only thing that is required is chat points. How do you earn chat points? Well, you watch the stream or you follow or you subscribe. There's a whole bunch of things that you can do, uh, including participating in raids and stuff like that to, uh, earn chat points. And, uh, yeah, we know that, uh, 2000 points per drop is a little bit steep, but the thing is, is that we need to, uh, we need you not to abuse it. This must be purged. We need you not to abuse it that much. And so, uh, you know. You disgust me. Oh, God. I'm just, we're, uh, I don't have enough points to do one. <laughs> Sloppy. I, I only have nine. Okay, but Sickness to be fair, be I usually use the LBR account, and I'm currently using my personal account. So that's why I don't have very many points. Unbelievable. So. Unacceptable. <laughs> Oh, you have, have opened the door with this one. Oh, thank you, Crimson. Jesus, did you do your job? Jesus, here we oh, go. Somehow I just claimed 50 points. How did I claim 50 points? I don't know. I've got 980 points. I can't do anything with that. You you accumulate points just by watching or following or subscribing. There's a variety of ways. I just explained this. Uh, if you want to find out more, you can click the uh, the chat points at the bottom of the chat. It'll uh, give you a rundown of, uh, of of basically everything that you can do to earn chat points. Um, but uh, we think that this is going to be a fun new feature for you guys uh, to uh, to play around with. Uh, all that we ask is that you please don't abuse it that much. Okay, so uh, we will uh, we will see when Juxta returns if this feature sticks around. Um, but now you know I don't have to be responsible for uh, uh, you know firing all the drops. Oh, you guys! So that feels pretty good. Um, anyway, guys, so uh, have fun with that, and uh, and yeah, make sure that. Uh, that you're you're following and accumulating chat points. So um, let's go ahead and talk about 
the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest. We knew that we were going to be finding out more about Endwalker. Uh, we got a, a whole bunch of information thrown at us. And uh, let's, uh, you know what, why don't we just start off by, uh, why don't we all take a look at the trailer? We'll all watch it together and remember together. So here's the, uh, the Endwalker trailer. where we start getting into some new stuff. The star seemed doomed to unravel. And yet... There were those who stood in defiance of that fate. The hour is come, Retry. It's all nothing. I wish we got a bit more comprehensive look at the the map, the fully revealed map. The stage is set, but will our heroes deign to play their part? Like how the the Reaper tease is held till the last minute. Oh yeah. Despite afforded this land was but fleeting. The end draws nigh. This part gets me. 
Yeah. Dude, this render is insane. Yeah. It's beautiful. This scene is just incredible. Oh, absolutely. Take care, my friend. So, Charlian would keep its counsel while the world is lost to ruin. It would. Come what may, we shall live on. We must. Do as you must, then, but we scions will fight until the heavens fall, until our last breath. That's so good. So good. Interesting. I didn't notice until now that the scythe has a revolver barrel in it. That's an interesting choice. Yeah, it's like a motor almost. Yeah. It's weird. Gunblade scythe? Maybe. That's pretty OP, though. Now, am I crazy, or did the thing that he just killed on the moon, wasn't that a Shadow Walker's uh, enemy? Or Shadowbringer's enemy, rather? Honestly, it looked like something out of Bleach. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong, but... I didn't see it close enough. I don't know. I saw it. All I could think was Hollows from Bleach for some reason. It's from, oh, it from, from Amarod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was sure that that was it. Uh, all right. So there we go. Uh, there is the trailer. Um, uh, reactions from you guys. I mean, there's a listen. There's a lot that's going on here. Um, but, uh, you know, just gut reactions uh, from from seeing that trailer. My first reaction is that they upped the CGI on the characters. Quite There's a something bit. about like their faces are beautiful. They're like sculpted. Their jawlines just look more beautiful than any other trailer we've gotten for the other expansions. That was my first was like, wow. Like like Yastola has like nice like jaw going on. Yeah. Oh, oh. Definitely, Graha and your stole look amazing. Yes, they do. Graha yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, I, it, literally, this is, I think, one of the the best uh, rendered CGI trailers that they've ever done. Um, you know, Stormblood doesn't come anywhere close to this. Um, you know, uh, Shadowbringers. I think everyone was so confused by what was happening in the Shadowbringers trailer that we were trying to decipher so much that we couldn't actually just kind of appreciate it for for what it was. There's, I mean, yes, there's a lot that's going on here, but I think, you know, there's not a, there's not too much that's confusing. I think everything is uh, fairly straightforward. We know, uh, you know, what the stakes are and where we are in, uh, in this story. Everything seems to be, you know, uh, uh, arriving at the conclusion, hence Enwar. Hence the end of the Heidelin and Zodiac storyline. And uh, I, I just I think that this is a real love letter to the game that they created. 
um, you know, it, it's it's obvious that they've put a lot of hard work and effort and love into crafting this game, into crafting this world. And uh, I, I honestly think that whatever the story payoff is going to end up being, that it's going to be huge. And uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to have a pretty big emotional impact, too. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, they had dragons in the cinematic. We're all back, right? It's Heaven's War again. Right. Well, I mean, it's dragons, but even more like there's, uh, we've got, you know, here's some, vo- these look like void sense straight up. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got uh, Vitra, Vertra, um, you know, uh, a, a, you know, as you had said, we got dragons back too. So uh, hopefully we're going to find out a little bit more about the first brood. Um, we do know that Vertra is, uh, the youngest of uh, the first brood. So I think that's uh, pretty interesting. I have PTSD from 11 from Fighting Vritcha. I don't even want to see this dragon in this game. I, no. But it's Astinian's oh, okay. buddy. Yeah, they're friends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's. I don't think that. Listen, I don't think there's going to be any way to avoid it. But uh, a legitimate question, though, where has Virtra been hiding? Good. Where, in eleven. It's in eleven. Yeah. <laughs> where did he spawn down in King Rampier's tomb? Uh, yeah, it was like in the basement <laughs> level. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been hanging out in King Rampier's. All tomb. those skeletons. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Okay, Lloyd is Lloyd is right. Jomer Gund was way worse than Virtra. But I mean, the thing is, is that the skeletons just murder you down there. And I just I can't I can't look at Virtra. Can't. Um, right. Well, I mean, I, either way, I mean, there's like you were saying, Nero, there's a, a ton of stuff in this trailer to unpack. I mean, like, uh, for example, where the fuck was just solo walking? Off screen. No, everyone's been talking about on Reddit. Basically, if you look really? at the map they show, if you look at the map they show, there's there's supposed to be a desk there. So everyone's like, is she just stepping over people? Or <laughs> it's it's the big thing right now. It's pretty funny. She can walk on air. So it's really awkward. I, I I think you know there's there's a couple of things that are are being paid off big time in this expansion um, that uh, you know I think are are really worth getting excited about. Uh, Charlayan is I think a really big deal. I'm uh, very confused about this because I thought Charlayan was the place outside of Isleshire that was like literally destroyed. That but was now new, new Charlaya. This is old Charlaya. Yeah. yeah, they like, went back. They, I think, in the storyline, they mentioned that they went back to the old, uh, the old island where they used to. They like, did. I don't even remember that. I just remember Charlaya was gone and everyone that, moved on that, in their lives. That was the modern one where the the twins went to attend and all yeah. that stuff. We we've got. I thought they like, made a new Charlaya because the old one they couldn't stay there. Reverse, I think. I think they went back to the old one after the new one blew up. I could be wrong. Well, we've also I don't know, man. we've also got this dude here uh that uh-huh. is yeah that is clearly the uh twins father uh it's gotta any, be it, well anyone who has the encyclopedia aorzia already knows that his name is uh what is it fortune alt something like that yeah fortune alt uh, uh levialure yeah. for, these fortune no it's probably fortune no yeah sure we'll go with that anyway uh, uh he is he is confirmed by the encyclopedia aorzia as the father of the twins and the son of louis swa um and uh it, it, you know mentioned that he's uh, kind of a very strict traditionalist um when it comes to the affairs of uh of charlayan 
Uh, I think that this is, you know, this is going to be an interesting dynamic to unpack. Um, you've got, you know, obviously uh, the the kids relationship and then the legacy of Louis Swa that, uh, you know, that are going to have to be reconciled. But it doesn't seem like, uh, at least from the context of this trailer, that we're going to be getting a whole lot of help from uh, from Charlayan. No, in fact, I think they show it being attacked at one point, but it's hard to say that's before or after we show up. Yeah, it, it is uh, kind of tough to uh, to to decipher uh, exactly who or what is uh, is being attacked. There is a whole lot of fire that's going on. I just uh, want like, every time they introduce these new zones and these new characters that are clearly important. I just wonder why haven't you joined the fight until now? Well, I think the Charlayans have a, a reason behind that. I think they're one of those like Switzerland, you know, they want to be true neutral. They don't want to partake in right, any conflict. Live. They they have they they have a strict policy of observing and not interfering with the events. Uh, but when your children are saving the world ten times over, you don't even like send them a congrats card or something. Like they're just Nika, Nika, you don't watch enough anime. You need to have daddy issues to be a protagonist. I, I, okay? That's that's true. That's, that's how true. it works. And the twins are the protagonists besides the Warrior of Light, right? So, but I mean, I I also think that that's a very important kind of thematic element that's going to be going on here as well is the the sort of generational conflict that's going to exist between um you know the basically the Scions and Old Charlayan. Um, yeah, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason you're still is there is actually so that uh, Graha can sneak in and find that knowledge i doubt he's there you know with permission uh you may be right i mean he is you know he is going through stuff considered uh a scion is it i don't i don't know if he he didn't come from charlotte he did he, did did. he? he was a student okay. he was a student oh yeah because he was uh, one of the baldessian yes right okay yeah that's okay now i'm remember it's hard to remember going all the way back to the original crystal tower no. uh sequence uh, Jeez. yeah um so yeah i i i definitely uh there's a lot to uh to to get excited about obviously uh the thing that people are still complaining about is uh that we're going to be uh dealing with this asshole still um we've we've got uh xenos to contend with and you know i've actually i've thought quite a bit about this because i don't think that there is anyone that is more hated in the ff14 pantheon than xenos general <laughs> generally he's hated as a bad villain right like most people are like eh, he, he was pretty disappointing however i th- i listen i think that that he can can carry over i think the fact that everyone is kind of exhausted by Xenos may actually kind of play out in this storyline's favor. Um, I I don't know what to expect from the relationship between Xenos and the Warrior of Light, um, but I think that there's going to be an interesting dynamic uh, that is going to be played out, and um, I I have this sneaking suspicion, and I don't. By the way, I don't think this is good, and I don't want this to be the way that it goes. But I have this sneaking suspicion that he's going to end up our Vegeta. Same, same, actually, hundred percent. What? There's no way. There's no way that he doesn't at this point. The way they're setting him up. I was just going to say he's more like Seymour from Ted. You can't get rid of him no matter how much you kill him. I don't know about that. I think he's more of a Vegeta character. 
Yeah, I, I sort I sort of think that like he's gonna no. be yeah he's gonna be that constant rival sort of it, it it's it's a bit of a mirror relationship between Sid and um, Nero Nero yes right frenemy frenemy exactly not, uh, he thinks we're best friends let's be clear he thinks we're best friends. <laughs> Literally refers to you as his like best that friend. awkward kid in class who doesn't have friends but thinks the one that picks on him is his friend. Maybe, maybe that's me. Maybe that's <laughs> But clearly, uh, we're gonna have to deal with him, and uh, you know, I, I just, I, I do expect by the end of it that he's gonna be hanging around with Estinian, and uh, you know, like being one of the, uh, you know, says- one of the gang. I don't know. Zenos is like really evil, though. Like he's got a lot of his mind. His frame of mind is very evil. Compared is he? To, is, is he? Is he? Feels more like chaotic neutral. It's like no. As soon as he learned about the multiple worlds, he's like, "Fuck! I want all of it." Chaotic crazy at that best. I mean, listen. So he's was like, Vegeta. When I can have the universe. So was Vegeta. I'm sorry. I'm the prince of all saints. Come on. You don't remember that, Nika? Come on. Let's bring it back. Come on. Surely remember. Uh, you, I don't know. Like, I like, don't you've never, like don't. you have never watched this anime before. Like, this is a common trope. Literally blew up planets. Yeah. Great point. Great uh, point. Terminated races. And by the end of the series, oh, best bud. Yeah. I mean, by by the end of it, he has a fucking mustache. I don't even want to hear it. By the <laughs> end of this, by actually they retcon that. That's not good. They they uh, you they, know what? They, I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't. You know what? No, no. That that is that is the worst thing that has ever been retconned about Dragon Ball Z ever is Vegeta's mustache. Okay. <laughs> and here's the thing. I predict. Okay. And write this down. This happened May seventeenth, twenty twenty one. So when it happens, you can come back and and relive this moment. But by the end of this, yes, Xenos will be our friend, and he'll have a fucking mustache. <laughs> At least one of those two things are correct. <laughs> I don't know. I refuse to be friends with him. I don't like him. I want him gone. You're but he's friends. Have him through the heart with my fucking sword. Nika, Just like friends do. Nika. He will have a very compelling redemption arc. He will have a moment of clarity. I already gave Yotsuyu the compelling redemption arc. Zenos does not need it. What about Emmett Selch? Nika, how do you feel about Emmett Selch? Listen, this is, fi- this is Final okay, Fantasy XIV. Final Fantasy XIV doles out redemption arcs like it's fucking candy. Yeah, I mean. You know? I mean, yeah. Zenos does not need or deserve a redemption arc. Well, he's getting one because he's our best friend. Let's move on. You, you, best, best bud. you might be right. You might be right, but uh, I don't know. I don't trust Square Enix to be able to get it right. I know. I also felt that Yotsuyu didn't need one, but here we are. All right. Well, we we didn't just get uh, the uh, the Endwalker trailer. Oh no, we also got uh, plenty of other trailers, including our first look. Jesus, did you even try? Oh come on. Uh, including our first look at Reaper. Whoa. 
God, these animations are so good. All right, so confirmation of the new job, Reaper. Um, I think most of us had kind of guessed this from Yoshi P's uh, T-shirt from the uh, first Fan Fest. Uh, we had kind of end up coming around to the idea that it might end up being a uh, scythe-wielding job class. We knew that it was going to be a physical DPS. Um, I... And so excited about this. I this is uh, finally a DPS job that I can really get behind. Um, and I, you know, I I just love the fact that Dark Knight gets two jobs. Like, you know, we're we're so <laughs> okay. cool. We're so cool that you know one job isn't just isn't enough, right? Like, I'm actually conflicted because it's like, how do I be as edgy as possible? I don't know which one to name. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, you know, it's a it's a tough choice. I I think though Reaper is is the bit more of the like fashionable, uh, like I shop at Hot Topic Dark Knight, like the emo version. Maybe? Yeah, there, there's a lot of like Bloodborne going on in the 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 the, the armor design. Um, you know, that's that, I think that that's you know a compliment. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I listen. I like the whole vibe of it. I think that this is uh, going to be a really fun addition. Uh, you know, to the uh, to to the job and uh i'm excited to play it this is finally the first job since dark knight that i'm like yeah i'm i'm gonna play this right out of the gate yeah i honestly like it's it's i do not know what to main now in end walker because of this job like i was like yeah i'll probably main dark knight again and i looked at this and i'm just like ah shit i really don't know how to pick i'm sticking to paladin because he's a pretty paladin and i've always been a pretty paladin so now pretty paladins for life Okay, Nika. Uh, I mean, I, gu- I guess. Wait, he turned into a paladin and he was glowy and cool and it was like a badass turn. Like, it, how can you not look at that and be like, yes, paladin? I mean, he, the cape thing at the end is cool, I guess. It's very cool and it should make you want to main paladin. I it, did in ARR. No, but like now. Yeah, but I didn't want to just hit three buttons, so I stopped. <laughs> it's more than three buttons. Uh, is it? It is. Is it? Is, uh, is anyway. it four now? Uh <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, no, I, I, cause like with even, even with how little I've actually been playing, uh, FF14, this entire patch cycle, um, you know, I still ended up leveling, you know, both my Dark Knight and my Machinist to level 80. So it'll be nice to have the two, you know, the kind of the two jobs to sort of switch between. Um, but you know, this, I, I, I'm very much into this. Uh, and, and with, there was a lot of people who thought that you know uh it's not going to be a scythe job it can't be a scythe job uh we've already got dark knight uh that just wouldn't be fair and to uh to be drinking the tears of all of those people is wonderful mm-hmm. we were indeed my credit card expired xd oh man that's a bummer <laughs> thank you nika I, <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i'm glad that we took uh, a moment out of the the show to uh read your know. recent message <laughs> No one's gonna read it out loud. That well, that's that what the so thing awful. does. With that, how? Wait, but I thought we shut it off for the show. <laughs> no, usually. We, no, no. no. <laughs> when have we ever done that? I don't know. Anyway, all right. So, um, do your job. Yeah, do your job. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so yeah, so like I mean, 
it's 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 good man i mean we're, you're gonna have reaper I'll, I'll have reaper or dark knight you know what? if i keep with dark knight then we just need two other edge lords and we can you know do dungeons together see see like we need an entire like to have a full entire party Sloppy. of edge lords you know what right. yeah, where's our physical ranged edge lord right where's exactly that? exactly see uh I, I don't even know what would be in a uh, uh well we already have guns well, you have a healing edge lord no, we need a healing edge lord, and I don't. I uh, what would that be? I don't Siege know. is a Gundam that doesn't count. So, um, y- you cut it yourself could. to heal someone else. No, that doesn't splatter your blood over everyone. That, yeah, that, that, that kind of works. <laughs> the the your, your blood has healing properties of some sort, I guess. And use yeah. your blood to mix into potions. Well, we have that, right? We have those those crystals that uh, incorporate your blood to do some kind of Deus ex machina thing. Maybe we did need the chemist job after all. Shit! Damn it! Well, we blood got chemist, blood, blood chemist. Blood that blood I blood like blood. that idea. Blood chemist. Nika but I mean, that we have a hype train. Then Nika, see what you did? You started a hype train. Don't we encourage them, Nika. <laughs> hype, hype, hype. Bits go. I guess. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I, I, I am super excited for this. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to say that I was on the fence about uh, about the expansion because I think you know Shadowbringers kind of brought me back in a in a big way, uh, especially for the story content, right? Um, but. Man, I it, like I found myself getting extremely excited about oh, Jesus. Thank you, uh, Crimson Tinted, gifting uh, five gift subs in the channel, continuing the hype train, I guess. Um, but yeah, I I, 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 I don't. I, I think that this is going to be one of the funnest additions to FF14 in uh, in a long time. And this is going to keep going on for a minute, so uh, we'll just kind of, <laughs> kind of just let it go. But uh, we did also uh, get to see the uh, new Charlayan in a little bit more detail. Let's take a look at this. It's gorgeous. just i love the architecture because i mean it does you know everyone Idleshire times 30 it, it, it is it's it's idleshire if idleshire didn't get fucked up exactly it looks so good yeah it's almost like greek right we said greek before. yes greek roman a little bit too mm-hmm. it's got that ancient vibe I yes yes this eighth ray can we talk about this eighth ray yeah look, yeah it's like pre- it's, it's so really different. pretty uh yeah, there. Uh, I the Aetherite specifically in Charlene is really unique, and we, you know we should we it should go. Uh, I think we should probably mention that the Charleans are responsible for creating the Aethernet. Are they not? Oh my god, I don't remember. Uh, I feel so stupid. I'm pretty sure because remember they had an Aetherite uh, uh like assembly factory in uh, New Charleen. So I believe that they were responsible for uh, for for getting the Aether network up and running. I think you might be right. Yeah, I think you are right. So 
yeah i i i'm pretty sure that that's what it is so you got to think like if they're the originators of the eighth right that there might be you know something awful special uh there's definitely something unique about this uh eighth right but you got to think there might be something special about it too dude if they destroy that city like lore wise by the end and we lose all that knowledge oh my god be so pissed it'll be like it'll be like the burning of alexandria exactly that's it's that's actually a trope now i've seen a lot of shows like burn down the neutral place where it loses all the knowledge and like the world is lost like i hope they don't go for that man that's kind of a terrifying thought to be honest with you they might it's I, I i i don't know i i am uh i am excited uh to check out uh old charlayan um and and obviously this is going to be the uh the player city the player hub thank god it's a place i actually want to hang out yeah 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 same look at it twi- at twilight it's like so amazing it really is um i i just love the architecture like uh, the this library is really cool uh, we saw that a little bit in the opening, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but they've kind of got these these. They look like aether bridges a little bit farther down here, like right here and here. Um, so it's that's that's something small that reminds me of Final Fantasy XI. I just kind of love that. Um, uh, I just you know uh, I think that that's uh, that's really kind of cool. So yeah, uh, Old Charlene is definitely uh, I think something to uh, to to look forward to. Yeah, the Great Google Library, or whatever, is similar, right? Also Charlene. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. I like that. Um, and why don't we go ahead and kind of talk about uh, the uh, the the zone that's going to be accompanying it? I assume that it's going to be accompanying it. Uh, barber job and they can use leeches says Carletta thank you Carletta appreciate it um, let's uh, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, Labyrinthos oh yeah the underground one yeah yeah this music i know this music is so weird i feel like it's it's is anyone else get like circus vibes or is that just me no that i for sure but it feels like it's intentionally off i i'm creeped out by it because you're underground there's a fake sky and there's circus music playing is this where you go when you go insane like (laughs) see is this is this acid is this an acid trip like a really bad one i actually i actually think that this is jail that's what I think. That's what I think. No, I think that this is where Charlean, the the Charleans, um, put people who they are they troublemakers. Don't have, they don't have death row. They just banish them to here. Yes. Oh God. That's somehow because, worse. Well, because like think about it. This would be a lot more humane. It's a society. You know, a, a society unto itself. Um, you know. Uh, it's it's underground. A bunch it of could, gang wars down here. <laughs> it's either it's either that or it's a, a fallout bunker. Mm. It could be like it could, it's, it could, I mean they'd have to have a bunker, right? But etherite is more broken looking. Well, it's that's the same style etherite that we've seen yeah. in other places in the world. Yeah. So that's I don't think that that's they, too surprising. I think it's more like they care less about this place. I mean, uh, do you think that I'm wrong on on the idea that it is connected to Charlayan in some way? Because I I think the architecture is 
straight up Charlayan. Well, it's definitely not Thavnerian. No, <laughs> it's for sure not Thavnerian. That that no, it you are right about that. There's not seems, a, not nearly enough neon purple. It's it definitely seems more Charlayan by looking at it that way. Uh, Heart slot says on the moon? Question mark. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Like mm. it could be. But, but, would there be etherite on the moon though? But, I mean, I think there already is. We already saw it in the. Yeah, we did. Was there? Uh, there yeah, was. was? Etherite on the moon. Uh huh. How do you think we get there? Nika? Think we uh, take a how spaceship? How do we get to the first? We didn't etherite there either. So. I actually well, we do etherite it out. No, I, I, I actually do think we either. I, I don't. Probably not a spaceship, but like. I don't know that that one we'll get to it uh the video of uh ostensibly what, what you know could be the dungeons but there's something that looks awfully organic that has a whole lot of mouths or teeth or doors that look like teeth um oh, like the void arc yeah yeah. Uh, yeah like it could be like a lunar whale sort of situation where you know we we ride in its belly i don't fucking know i'm i'm trying to figure this all out it's very confusing Thanks, Square. <laughs> right? Um, I didn't know the devs watched the Teletubbies. I, I guess they do. Where do you think they got their gameplay from? Jesus. Try. Ow. Ow. Anyway, so, yeah, no, I, I, I think that there is uh, something to that, that there's a connection between uh, Old Charlayan and uh, Labyrinthos. Um, it, it, you know the fake. They made a big deal about the fake sun, right? Like, I, I so I think that was to drive home. Like, this is this place is supposed to be underground, even though it has a skybox. Um, I, I I just I'm not I'm not entirely sure where that's going. I'm very interested in it though. Um, speaking of Thavnir, why don't we take a look at the video showing off uh, Thavnir? on glasses for this my eyes on glasses big ones for real get your shades out turn down that digital vibrance cool music the yeah music I, I like the, the music a lot are obnoxious yeah I think this is supposed to be uh, what I mean, are we for Indian it's very, influence, like, it's very Indian but I still yeah. feel like so, South American and Indian inspired, yes. When, when they show the inside colorful, I feel like that looks fine, but the outside being colorful just hurts. Yeah, it's like it's like a little too much. Some, I think, I, like specifically, I think what you're talking about, and and where I think I noticed it the most was this shot right here of the uh, the the purple stone. It's the uh, purple, yeah, yeah, and and it really is, like it really is eye catching to the point of almost being obnoxious. But I like yeah. it though. I think that it's such a contrast with uh, the other places that we've been. Um, you know, uh, it it remi- what it reminds me of is that sort of unnatural. Uh, purple hue that we saw to uh, uh, the Lakeland area when we first got to uh, the Shadowbringers areas. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the, the color itself or its contrast. It's just that sometimes with certain lighting, that brightness could get out of control, and I worry. Maybe about it was that. the Razat Han video that I'm thinking. Yeah, I think of. maybe I'm thinking maybe of the, the Razat Han. Well, well, I think. The, yeah, I think the, this 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 landscape looks good. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 it's just, it, it does look unnatural though. Um, in, in a very kind of cool way. I mean, it, it, it's, this is a very fantasy setting. I like that, you know, um, the, uh, the, the, uh, architecture and the culture can span all the way from, you know, Gothic in, uh, in Ishgard and, uh, go all the way to, you know, uh, Indian and Peruvian in, uh, uh, Thavnir and Rad's at hand. Let's take a look at that Rad's at hand video here. I love the art and the architecture. It's so beautiful. Those fucking drums. Dude, this... They're, they're th- big. This, this, this music fucks. There. See, like, the outside here. There's, there's only parts of it. It's not all of it. Too much. There's like, just... I think they show an inside of a building. Yeah. yeah the inside, like, looks... The colors look fine, because I there, feel like it's interior decorating. The outside looks like my child took a Crayola crayon and colored on the outside. Yeah, there, the like, here, there's some of the colors of how bright they are. Yeah. It, it just depends. There's a few places where I felt like the hue was just a little too bright, and it clashed with everything else. But that was my only... You know, I like the color scheme. I like having the different colors. It's just... Yeah. I I think it works, though. I think it works uh, for, you know, presenting a unique vibe uh, culturally for the area. Um, It is somewhat a little bit similar to uh, to, uh, you know, stuff that we saw over in Doma. Um, that my first initial impression when I had first seen some of the screenshots was like, oh, okay, it's like it's like Doma, but a little bit more Indian influence. I think this kind of makes me think like, no, this is more uh, Indian and Peruvian, and this is this is fairly unique from Doma as well. But at first, it ga- it gave me very Doma vibes. Um, all right, let's uh, let's let's go ahead and. Uh, continue on here by the way if you want to call the show you are more than welcome we are taking your calls uh over on discord exclamation point discord gets you a link to the discord channel and then you're going to want to go over to the channel lbr calls uh lloyd is standing by uh to take your calls so uh if you want to share any of your opinions whether it uh be about uh the new uh you know the new areas that we've taken a look at so far uh or anything about n walker or the uh ff14 fan fest give us a call exclamation point discord in the chat to uh to get that link provided to you uh there were uh i hang on i for some reason i am missing these screenshots but uh we heard about at least uh one new area that uh they didn't name uh, I was waiting for the name drop the entire time, but it's a collection of floating islands that looks a little bit similar to Sea of Clouds. Um, do you guys do you guys remember this part of the the presentation? Oh, yes, yeah, everyone was saying Zeal from Chrono Trigger. Yeah, I, I that I got a little bit of that vibe from it as well. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit, uh, deeper into this with, uh, Mary, uh, Mare Lamentorum. Um, but there were even some other people that were saying some of the buildings, uh, that existed on there reminded them of sort of Amarat, uh, architecture, which really? I, yeah, I think that that's really interesting. I mean, obviously, uh, that's not an in-game development screenshot. That is a, uh, a, a piece of development artwork. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot that, that could change, but I think that also brings us, uh, to, uh, Mary Lamentorum, uh, Mare, Mare, I don't remember how it's pronounced, Well, let's take a look at that video right now. So there's the eighth right. We just saw the eighth right. Interesting, another like sort of library-ish looking uh, structure. This, I, I mean, thematically, that's two that we're getting between uh, Lamentorum and uh, Old Charlayan. I, I think that's interesting. Whatever that is looks very uh, uh, fuck. Why can't I think of the uh, Crystal Tower? The uh, fucking culture that made crystal tower i can't think of it elegance elegant thank you yeah the elegant empire Blah, why did that take so long to come to mind um all right so yeah uh going back here uh taking a look at this yeah this looks very elegant uh, which I think some people have uh, have said um, they think it might be uh, the the ship that we take to the moon possibly. Um, that's I think a good guess, but I don't think that's what it is. Um, we've seen I think similar structures uh, when it came to uh, uh, Bahamut and uh, the Binding Coil of Bahamut. Um, so the function of this, I, I'm not uh, uh, confident enough to say that it is a, uh, a ship of some sort or some description, um, but definitely some really interesting stuff in this trailer. So let's let's kind of break this down. Uh, we had talked about uh, the Aetherite uh, here in the uh, in the opening moments uh, there. That's this does confirm that there is, in fact, uh, an Aetherite on the moon. Um, probably not how we're going to be getting there, uh, you know, for the first time. But once we're there, that's how we'll get back. Um, and then, uh, of course, we've got this uh, this sort of library looking structure that uh, the Warrior of Light is going through. Although, um, uh, lots of crystals instead of books. Uh, maybe they're storing information on crystals. I don't know. We seem to be learning about a lot about the nature of uh, of crystals and aspected crystals and shit like that. Um, and here we go. Let's let's talk about actually. Let's talk about this building right here because. Um, Looks straight out of Amarat. It does. It literally looks uh, straight up pulled right out of Amarat and in very good condition, mind you. So I've heard some people uh, 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 speculating that the moon could possibly be one of the shards of Amarat. Uh, Amarat was uh, was, of course, destroyed. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, we have the entire Asian backstory that tells that story, uh, but that, you know, the actual celestial, uh, um, 
uh, body was uh, was was actually uh, blown apart, uh, and this could possibly be a shard of that. What, what do you guys make of that theory? I mean, it's plausible. Not, yeah, I'm not sure. I I have anything better than that. <laughs> I mean, Asians are connected to the moon and Amarat, so I'd assume something is connected here. Well, I, 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 mean, I, I still. I still think it's it's probably a remnant of Almarok because if we're the source and this is our moon, then it makes sense that when we splinter that a pieces of, you know, our world ended up here. And if our world was originally, you know, like Amarok, then yeah there, yeah there there could be a potential hint to this plot point too in the uh the the conceptual artwork that they showed as the opening slide where uh you know we see mare lamentorum and uh you know from a distance and there's a whole bunch of uh shards of rock that are uh floating around it which we don't really see here as you know like we don't see a band of uh of what could be asteroids or uh shards floating here in the sky so you think maybe their inclusion might have been uh you know as a uh, thematic nod to what the actual nature of the moon might be dude 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 this guy in the chat robbie bobby said it looks like rita repulses castle <laughs> i'm fucking losing it bravo it does. It, it does it does it totally does for sure or zed is Lord set up is that up there too oh man uh I'm finally free. Uh, anyway, we've also got this weird looking structure, uh, which looks organic. It all. Uh, thank you, Crimson Tinted. Appreciate that. Uh, I don't know what this is or why it's important or why we are being shown it, but it's clearly got to be important if it's something that's being shown off. Huh? I didn't even notice that in the trailer. It, right? It's kind of weird. I, I, you know just people yeah i I, is it (laughs) is it a i don't like is it a nest they they just look like little near robots that have been turned into they kind of do like fossilized i'm sure it's the moon bunnies right could be i mean null in the chat says beast tribe maybe uh which you know that's possible i guess i can't tell how zoomed out we are is that like are we like really zoomed out and that's like a house or is that like a person that has been fossilized and stuck on the ground house i think it's a structure yeah i think i I definitely think it's a structure okay when i looked at it i thought it was like a person yeah taser smurf saying the moon bunnies might live there might be could be the loperites is that their name yes i believe i believe (laughs) they're very cute i believe that is uh my kind of bunny um so uh we 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 also see that there is some internal structure that we're going to be uh checking out which uh i don't know that's always cool and then there's this i don't know what to make of this this kind of tall spire structure i i have we have we seen anything that's even close to this like maybe crystal tower type nonsense but like could be i mean that's it, the closest that i can think of yeah ours the only thing that comes to mind it, it it it's weird because it looks 
somewhat familiar, but I'm not sure from where. All right, Taser Smurf says Crystal Palace from 4, which we know this has going to have FF4 connections with the moon and the oh. FF4 minions that we're getting. Okay. So this could be like they're, where they're pulling their source from. You know, that, that that very well could be. It's been a long time since I've played 4, but I did play the S- the uh, the SNES and the, the DS version. So maybe that's why it looks so familiar to me. But it, it definitely looks familiar as shit. It's a cleaner tower and sky. Maybe. Um, yeah, I, I think that this is uh, this is probably the most interesting zone out of all of them for me. Um, so a lot of a lot of speculation there. Uh, we also heard about. Uh, well, and, and the other thing is uh, the music there is uh, for Mare Lamentorum. Uh, is thematically very much connected to Amarod. Was that, is that, that was the theme, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So it's like a dead giveaway. So, yeah, I I mean, even if it's not a shard, we do know that the Asians have obviously been active up there. Um, You know, I don't think that I was expecting this many uh, uh, structures to be on the moon. Been hanging out there a while. Yeah, I, know, I thought it was true. just going to be like a moon base in the end, and it would be like the Asians are hanging out here because they got nowhere else to go. Think the about end. their background, though. Where, what would their base look like? It's going to look like Amaran. It's going to look like their home. Yeah, that's true. But you got to think if if there's something that is sending us to the moon, it's got to be something real serious and compelling, right? So, you know, what could that what what could that potentially be? That means that there's got to be something on the moon that we're stopping. Well, we are, this is the end of the Heidel and Zodiac story, so I'm assuming we're going there to figure something out about the origins of Zodiac? Well, Zodiac is very much thematically tied into the moon. Um, so, you know, I think that that's, I think that that's definitely possible. Uh, you know, do you think that that's where the final confrontation is? Like, is his, is his physical manifestation actually trapped in the moon or used like you know like kind of think like binding coil of bahamut type like dalamud yeah, the moon exactly it was in there exactly that's exactly what i'm saying yeah do you, do you think that's i mean because like we've already kind of seen that do you do you think that's where what uh, kind of where they're going with this or you know I, I think it might be darker i mean fan daniel whatever his name is is so crazy i i think they might just be trying to turn the source into what happened to the 13th just just full-on Blow eat it, it into existence. Yeah, eat it into the void and all that. Because if the source gets destroyed, that's the opposite of what the other Asians wanted, right? The Asians wanted the other shards to kind of go too far so they would rejoin with the source. Right. Whereas if the source gets destroyed like they accidentally did with the 13th, then, I mean, it's done, right? And Fandendiel's crazy. Maybe he just wants to see it all burn. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the vibe that I get from Fan Daniel is that he's just sort of a... He's uh, insane. Yeah, 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 a nihilist that wants to just see it all burn. Although that he he also does use the, you know, uh, everyone has a part to play and all of this sort of stage analogy. I don't know. Stage is play. I don't think it's the same play that the other three were going after. No, right? I, I, I definitely think you're right on the money there. Um, but, uh, you know... I think that, that that definitely leaves questions about exactly what type of machinations they have planned. You know what I mean? Like, if I mean, they could bait us into summoning either Zodiac or Heidelin. Either one would completely tilt everything, right? Yeah, yeah. 
uh, and uh, you know i think his motives uh i think are a very compelling uh point coming into uh coming into 6.0 because well whatever we we might uh i i don't know how much i expect to find out about fan daniel in that uh in, in that um you know in that period of time i i sort of end up thinking that uh you know he's gonna end up being uh the mini boss of the whole thing and we'll uh we'll learn about him after we beat him uh, sort of the same way that we found out about um Elidibus after we uh defeated him um but you know obviously there's plenty of room for me to be wrong uh i i definitely think that this is this is very very interesting uh that you know we're definitely going to be getting more on the ASEAN front and uh you know i i i'm so excited to be on the other side of the ASEANs, right like i am uh, i am so ready not to just be done with the ASEANs, but for the main story quest to to kind of take a different uh a different arc uh than than it has been taking i'm assuming the uh the praetorium the new eight man raid that's coming out is just gonna be kind of an epilogue to the Asian story and just kind of giving us a little send-off i would assume you would hope i mean but there are still a lot of Asians that exist out there you know uh even the the fucking uh what do you call it the um the raid uh storyline that we got uh this expansion gave us two more and I'm not saying they won't pop up from time to time, but I, I'd like to think that the core plot and all the big names in the ASEANs will kind of get wrapped up with 6.0, and then the pandemonium will just be kind of the the aftermath we'll, we'll walk through at the end. So who who becomes the big bad after that? Like, what what is there that can pose as much of a threat as, over time, the ASEANs have? They'd have to hint at a new threat building up in 6.0 and then show it building up throughout the patch series so that by the time we hit 7.0, it's been revealed that there's this new threat coming. Yeah. But I have no idea. I don't, I, don't think they, like, I don't think we've been introduced to it yet. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I'd like to get a little bit more information about the dragons and uh, the, their uh, off-world uh, origins. That's, that's, another, uh, yeah. that's another potential uh, you know, existential threat. Um, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, could it be possible that they will somehow completely end the fact that there are multiple shards, just make everything one world, whether they destroy them all and merge them into the source and a big calamity, or they just somehow make all of the shards just connected somehow. And now we're all in the same world, so that's just over, and we don't have to think about it anymore. And so now the next thing that comes is just going to be like, the next country over is starting a war. How can they like break <laughs> and pull another Shadowbringers out of their ass in like three expansions on our stand. I don't know. Got to go to a different shard eventually, right? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like, like, I mean, I've said this before on the show that I feel like the fact that they dropped the fact that there were multiple shards in Heavensward and then like completely ignored it during Stormblood kind of made it seem like they just, they went too big too quickly. So I just, I don't know. I think where. they were laying groundwork and then went, oh crap, we got to tell the other story and just like pivoted. Like they, it, I feel like it, it just felt weird that like Menphilia was like Heidelin's mouth and they're like, hey, there's a big huge thing in all these universes and they're all dying and you got to save them. Oh, but let's just go liberate a single country first because that's clearly more important. 
yeah, I just I think they went <laughs> off the rails in Stormblood with the the splitting of the arcs, and it just they, it took them a while to get back on track after that. Yeah, I I, I think there was definitely a huge deviation uh, from where it was building in Stormblood, and I think maybe that was that was at least uh, some of the frustration that I didn't understand at the time, where it was like, but there's so much other shit that's interesting. Why are we going to Doma? Um, you know, that that didn't really feel like it made a whole lot of sense. And if you think about it, there wasn't a whole lot of payoff from what was introduced through Doma, right? Because we have the the sort of desolation and the dissolution of the Garlean Empire, and that sort of happens throughout the events of Stormblood, but Doma does not feature strongly in, you know, like, I, I think you could have had any fighting force outside of Doma that could have laid the Garleans on their ass and still been able to have the same plot point that Gar- that Garlemald is descending into chaos. It just felt like it was a setup for um, a samurai and the justification for that. And then B um, the, the other part of the world we hadn't seen on the map before, you know, beyond El Amigo, that con, and, and which technically did set us up for the evil storyline as well as Bajja and other things that we have now. So, yeah, I mean, it's really just a big setup, right? Yeah, I just... Uh, d- <sighs> it didn't stand on its own that well. I, I will say I liked uh, some of the... I forget what it's called. The Asm Steps, was it? That that section of the storyline back then? I thought there were some cool tidbits Not there. I, yeah, exactly. But uh, But as a whole... Yeah, I think the Doma arc of Stormblood was just set up for later, and it would, because of that, it's kind of hard to appreciate by itself. It, it felt like uh, it felt like a a TV show in its like third season that's spinning its wheels and buying for time. Yes, that is exactly seen. what it felt like. Okay, I think that's fair. Um, all right, we've got some. Uh, we also heard about some new encounters that we're going to be getting. We already knew uh, that we were going to be getting Anima from FF10 as so one of, excited one of the uh, encounters, which I think is really really cool. Um, that opens up some really interesting uh, potential encounters if they're going to be bringing some stuff over from Final Fantasy X. Um, even though they did mention that it is like very much a specifically FF14, and then they're not going to bring a whole lot of lore or anything over from 10 um they're, they're doing the same thing with the major sisters that they just announced right hey so that's new original yep that's where i was going to uh exactly they're doing the exact same thing with the magus sisters uh with a completely original fight uh we've seen just the screenshot uh that was provided uh about this uh this encounter and uh looking very much like they come from uh uh the thavnir Thavnir. Um, but they also didn't say they were encounter they said that they exist in the story and to what extent we do not know Mm-hmm. So they might us. not be a fight. They might just be character. Bahamut. Yeah, I don't know. They were I mean, on the slide know, that said new encounters. So yeah, but just the way he was like, oh, they exist. Look, and to what extent unless, we are yet to find out. Unless, like, they made it like cryptic. Unless they're gonna go with the visual novel dating sim route, and the mages sisters are like the love interests. I'm pretty sure <laughs> encounter means boss fight. I'm just saying. Just the way that they said it, they're like physically out of their mouths. They're like. What extent will they be in the story? Who knows? Gotta find out when you play the game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, listen. I know how to. I know. I know the art of a tease. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, it was just like new primal fight. Why would they do that? I like, feel like they are. They're hype. more involved in the story than just like new primal fight guys. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it won't end in a primal fight. I mean, they maybe. wouldn't list it in encounters otherwise. I don't know. It seemed. It seemed suspicious to me. Is all. 
Um, I, one of the the only thing I want to point out is that uh, obviously with the Mega Sisters, there are three varying sizes of Mega Sisters. One of them looks like a Lollafell. One of them looks like it could be an Elizin, right? I have no idea what that middle one is. Does anyone want to take a stab at that? I have no fucking clue. Gross. Yeah, that's fair. Nika, do you have any idea? I don't have a picture. Oh, you don't have a picture. No. Um, Sorry. I think, He's not committed the entire fan festival to memory. How dare you? Yeah. I, mean, I remember their clothes and thinking they didn't look like FF10's Mega Sisters. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely all new original, as they said. You can just tell by looking Yeah. Lyrium in the chat saying they'll be tied to a Hildebrand storyline, probably. That's, I, I don't maybe They ignored Hildebrand this time around, though. They kind of did. Uh, yeah, but how is Hildebrand going to get to a different fucking shard? Gilgamesh, that's how. God damn it. That's a really convenient, stupid answer. But it, yes, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Gilgamesh can, can hop between games. <laughs> yeah, dude, Hildebrand's just going to show up in FF16 in the middle of it. That's where he's been this whole time. <laughs> But yep. I, I I think this is going to be cool. Uh, you know, the, the Mega Sisters, you can do three individual fights and then do a fight with all three of them. Um, that would be cool. Or, or it's just phases of an I, amazing fight. Or, yeah, that, that could be it, too. Um, I think, I, I mean, honestly, if I was Square Enix and I'm, like, hurting for content the way that they kind of have been, and, like, I would do each individual fight and then you fight them all together. Uh, <sighs> No, make that one fight. Don't be it, lazy, Square. Come on. It, Don't be lazy. It would be like uh, Brute Justice. Yeah, but... You fight them on the way up, and then you fight them all together. I guess. Um, I, I, either way, I think that this is going to be fun. Um, and uh, also, this is, and this is very interesting. Uh, a lot of people got really excited about this. The new 24-man oh has, has been confirmed. Uh, it is not going to be a crossover like we had with uh, Nier. Uh, it is going to be something unique and original to Final Fantasy XIV. They showed a screenshot from the Sanctum of the Twelve, which has all of the different gods' icons uh, uh, in it. What do you guys expect out of this? Because, you know, the only thing that that section of the map has been used for has been weddings. I'm just going to say it. It's the common theory, but I think 12 gods, 12 raid bosses over the course of the expansion. So where are we fighting them in the basement? At the uh, at the, the reception, temple. like are we are we going to somebody's reception and being like shown up drunk, being like I want to fight Thal. Okay, well, th- isn't there like, like a that, big actually. isn't there like a big prayer center with all the crystals outside? Though I feel like it's magical. It's gods. They could easily yeah. teleport us to a separate arena for each god by praying to it or something. Like it's not that out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, we just end up in the sky or something. Didn't something yeah. happen in the Shiva fight like that? The recent one where you like teleport somewhere else. And you're like on platforms, like you're like you go away somewhere. I mean, so they can explain it away. Is my point. Like if you're moving to another location. Yeah, it's not. I think that that's probably. I doubt, I doubt we'll be on Aorzia fighting them if we're if we fight the gods at all. But honestly, I mean, I, I'm super excited for this because it's, I, it's an original 24 man. It's if cloud. it does involve encountering the gods, it also feels like it will tie in with the story, right? Because they're saying it's the end of Hydaelyn's story, it's the end of Zodiac's story. Which I mean, these are the gods under Hydaelyn, right? So. We're killing our gods, We're ladies killing and gentlemen. Like, I mean, FF10 again, like, just, just killing all the gods. Killing them all. 
Well, just primals. I, that's the primals the, in the end. That's the thing. There is an argument to be said that anything that could be considered a god is a primal. If we're going to find out that Heidelin is a fucking primal, and Heidelin seems to be at the even above the twelve. Then what's to say that the twelve just aren't I mean, primals? Essentially, the Hydaelyn and Zodiac are the first primals, right? I mean, sort of. That's, like, that's were, sort of, that mean, was what was implied through Shadowbringers. Like, I mean, we know that primals are like summoned by the will of the people and what they want and their imaginings of said god. But I mean, Hydaelyn and Zodiac were created out of the will of people to have gods in the first place. So, like, I think. I mean, that it's the same, these, same process, though. The it's end, the right? same process, and it's the same concept. They existed first, and I think essentially yeah. the twelve gods under Hydaelyn could easily be similar. That's just semantics, though. Because that's, they're that's not like really saying, gods; they're guardians, that, right? They're guardians of the months. They're guardians yeah. of the. I mean, use your imaginary friend however you want. Still, an imaginary friend. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if if the fundamental thing about a primal is that it is formed through the will and the wish of the people who are are calling on a deity for help, then, yeah, it seems like every god is, by that definition, a primal. And therefore yeah. killable. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think we've seen any evidence to argue against that. Like they have to be somewhere, or at least they can be somewhere if summoned. Here's here's my thing, though, is that the twelve have played almost no role up till now. Like th- th- there have been literally no reason to pay attention to the twelve, who they are, what they represent, or you know where these stories even came from. So, besides the ceremony Louis Swan the Science did at the beginning of ARR slash End of One O. Was there any discussion on the 12 besides, like, in passing? I feel like it's one of the things that is a big holdover from 1.0 that, yeah, like, was there was never... That. Yeah, that yeah. there was never really a plan for. I, th- I think when you create your character, you choose one. The yeah, wedding, obviously, still. is at the sanctum of the... Yeah, the wedding's at the sanctum of the 12. And other than that, I think it's just that AR cinematic with Bahama. But, I, I mean, like, there, another- there, doesn't, there doesn't even really seem to be a whole lot of in-game lore... You know, obviously the Encyclopedia Eorzea, but like there's I, like I've never met a 12 zealot. Like I've never met a character that's like so into the religion in FF14 that like, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, would, I feel like in 1.0, there were characters that used to say something like may the 12 God. What are they I, even beyond one? Oh, they some characters do say praise the 12 and stuff like that it's still used they still discuss it but it's such fleeting yes. passing prayers it, like it, it almost it, it like it's it's almost like if i'm to believe that a society poured its will and its hope into the formation of this deity who's following that who's sitting down for sunday thal service I mean, <laughs> maybe that's why we haven't seen much of them now, because well, the people have kind of for, then why, forgotten well, them and moved on. Then what would make them a threat? So so I don't know if they'd become a threat or not, but some keep, people keep bringing up that, like, our name as the Warrior of Light is very close to two of the, um, the gods. What if... I, it depends how far back the lore of the gods goes. I don't remember exactly how far back, but if it doesn't go before Amarat, then what if there, there aren't gods that the names are just holdovers from the council? 
Oh, okay. So so the the twelve are actually the convocation of twelve, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what that? that's fucking oh. fuck. That's fucking interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I think I think I, and maybe it's not exact, right? Maybe the names were changed over time, whatever. But like, what if that's the original inspire? So so if someone summons them, they're really summoning these twisted versions of, I guess, Asians. oh, the primal version. Oh, of the shit. Asians. Actually, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought that of that. Would be hype as fuck. That would be that would be super cool. Fuck, I'm actually really like that. Okay. That does seem really fucking cool. The only way to make this more epic, Savage 24, man. Let's do it. Let's go. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, let's not let's not get into the uh, into the uh specifics of uh the ff14 team delivering on uh savage content pain all right uh let's take a look we got this uh sort of dungeon crawl video and i've watched this a few times and i sort of feel like we're getting a look at three different dungeons in here um but how how many how many are there normally you know I think three. No, there's more than three when leveling. There's like six. Yeah, right? there's no, usually. No, there's more. I mean, when yeah. on launch, but maybe there's. No, no, no. I, it's no. Like as you're going between the ten levels, like there's usually. It's every other. It's every odd level. Yeah. So it was like the the like so, 71, 73, 75, 77, 79, so, and then eighty. So five and then one or two at max level, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is all very organic and weird looking. All right, so that's that's like a mouth. Yeah, that's the first one. Here's the second one. And so it's pretty obvious that these are two different dungeons right here. I think, at least. Um Train's really interesting. Seems like we're going to be fighting on top of the train. Uh this seems Yeah, that's what everyone asked. Um this seems very Garlemaldish. This might be how we get into Garlemald. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Although this is interesting. I don't know what these kind of like skeleton looking like almost like bug exoskeleton things look like. And this is a really interesting room. And so this is this is, I think, the third uh the third dungeon. Very sort of Amorot inspired uh architecture here lots of destruction too gotta wonder where this is on the moon I don't think so I don't think that I no, yeah I actually not. don't think this one is on the moon although the biomes are so different it's hard to say true go back like guy. 30 seconds all right hang on hang on hang on let's go back uh we'll, we'll go back to the beginning of this section so i'll go yeah, ahead so and just this. look at the biomes specifically like like because there's a yeah. force field of some kind as well right yeah yeah, yeah. Then, the, you're talking about this section with the bridge and the force yeah. fields you're right there is this sort of um I see a forest, I see mountains, I see snow and ice. I see a desert on the other side. You know, this may actually be tied in with the, uh, what is it, Labyrintharium or whatever? The fake sky place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I, we've seen a couple of these towers uh, that look like they were in the Labyrintharium. Or what is it? What was it called? Uh uh what is uh, it? Labyrinthos. Labyrinthos. That's it. Labyrinthos. So, um... 
labyrintharium. So, yeah, this may be, I mean, that would explain why uh, there is, well, would it explain the Amarada? It like, looks like maybe, maybe, they were trying, them. maybe they were trying to do seasons in different biomes and they fucked it. There's a bug. <laughs> maybe i mean because you've got this section that's obviously that looks like lava and a volcano you've got this heavily forested section you've got this uh the the uh snowy ice section and then as we turn we see this sort of like specific okay. this very sort of specific like desert biome and yeah i legit don't know where the fuck this is this is really interesting I, I I guess the guess that it's underground is a good one. Yeah, it's although in the although I have to say we don't see that pattern skybox that we did around Labyrinthos, right? Like it right. looked it that looked like uh, if you saw it from the outside, it might be a geodesic dome, right? Right. The, you don't have any of that in the skybox here, which is uh, I think interesting. Uh, so maybe the access to this is from Labyrinthos. The other thing that I think is really interesting is I do think that there is some very distinctly Amaradish architecture that's going on here. I I don't know. You could think you could guess it was Charlene. It's hard to tell. I don't think I Charlene is very distinct. There's a lot of right angles. There's a lot of sharp angles here. And I think Amarat, that's very, uh, uh, very sort of typical of Amarat uh, architecture. Everything Maybe. in every it, it. Let me hang on. Let me bring up um, the tower doesn't look like Amarat building, though, like the actual. No, yeah, exactly. The. Uh, the Amarat stuff is very round and you know like there's some right there's some angles but they're they're not as sharp as as a lot of the angles that we're seeing in here I just don't I don't see a ton of similarities between the two then again I haven't you know I haven't spent a ton of time down in uh, Amarat recently so I may be I may be misremembering, but, you know, I, there's I think that there's something very important to um, to the uh, Charlayan architecture and therefore culture. And it's this idea of a spiral. We see that after uh, Yishtola makes her big declarative statement that the camera goes above them and that whole room is organized into a spiral. Uh, we see the spiral on the uh, the eighth right here. And we see a lot of domed and round buildings. And in fact, uh, right. when we we, when we have that that zoom out of the bay there's a lot of uh roundness that's going on there so i think it, when you have things that are much more angular like we see here uh yeah. i i don't i that doesn't say charlayan to me but i i could I, you know i could be wrong it just doesn't it didn't scream amarat to me either though like the uh like the moon based it you know, you you might be right. See this. What this reminds me of very specifically are the um, what's that that dungeon, the educational area of. Oh, that's there's animals in that room, by the way. Those are all cages. I don't know if you noticed that. And yeah, there's uh, straw on the ground stuff. Yep, I did notice that. Um, which is another I, again. I, I, so, what was the place with the circus music? Uh, that, that was the underground place. labyrinthos. Mm. Yeah, yeah, which is we think is Charlie and connected. Right. 
So, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. I definitely think... You're right, though. That is a cage, and that does look like bird's nests and uh, hatched eggs that are in there. Um, yeah. It may just be new. It may just not have a basis. Uh, I, th- Unlikely, but... If it was new, I don't know that this would strike me as so familiar. You know? Like this this very much feels like a like a dungeon that I've been through before. Right. And especially these sort of like accents, these um these these sort of like the they almost look it's, like wrought iron accents above the door and uh yeah. around the the windows. Those I do think we have seen those in Amarad, although I'm going to look for that later now. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, so feel free to correct me. Again, the lines are open if you want to join us here on the show. Uh, exclamation point Discord in the chat will get you the link to the Limit Break Radio Discord. All you got to do once you jump in there is to head on over to the LBR Calls chat channel, and then uh, uh, you can uh, hang out in the on hold, and uh, we'll grab you when we're ready. I see that we we have someone on hold at the moment. We'll get to them in just a second. But yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, there's going to be a lot of really uh a lot of really interesting tie-ins uh to what we saw in Shadowbringers. i mean there has to be right it can't be right. it can't be just a thing that exists unto itself so uh one, one thing before we get a caller related to the the story in the zones yeah I, I i i what do you guys think i just want to know your thoughts they split us in the beginning of Shadowbringers. i thought it was kind of cool into going towards uh was alfino or alize and like they kind of let us choose the beginning of the story do you think they'll do that again? Like, let us go to A zone or B zone to start it off. I mean, I like so, I like that. I, I like that idea. Um, you know, of of it seems it's a very small and arbitrary choice, but giving you some uh, you know some degree of uh, of choice. Yeah, I mean, from a gameplay perspective, it does help on launch week because not everyone crowds in at the same exact location. Oh, but, that uh, you know what? That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's why a lot of MMOs design their expansions to have like a choice and not funnel into a single location because yeah, bad times. Yeah, yeah, that that makes but, a lot of sense. So it like sort of branches out and then ends up coming back in. Exactly, and by then everyone's kind of the rush is over, so everyone's it's all evened out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then they can tell their more detailed story too, because the story as it ramps up has to become more detailed. But it's easier to keep it kind of open in the beginning yeah very very true very true um so uh yeah we've got uh we've got a a sort of a lot to uh to sort of digest there uh when it comes to uh to uh the next expansion just the last couple of things to go over as uh, a part of uh, a part of the uh, presentation, uh, l- we talked about it a little bit earlier. But Loperitz, uh, the new Beastman tribe, Moon Rabbits, which is, I guess, a, I guess that's a very sort of like a Japanese, um, like fable sort of Middle thing. East, yeah. Middle Eastern as well. Middle actually. Eastern. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. It's both. It's both. Yeah, I know yes. that Japan builds into it a lot because we, you know, in the West, we say there's a man in the moon, but they say there's a bunny in the moon. Ah, and I know okay. that's another reason why um, Sailor Moon's Japanese name is Usa. Which means rabbit, and she's from the moon, so it's another oh, thing. Oh, I didn't know like that. It's always been, yeah, it's always been like a, a thing. I, I think there, the story of uh, Princess Kaguya in Japanese is also about it represents her as a rabbit sometimes because she was from the moon, and uh, yeah, 
That's so, a big Japanese myth. So ostensibly, we think that these are going to be the uh, one of the new beast tribes, obviously, to go along with the uh, sort of elephant looking guys uh, that I assume will be down in Thavnir uh, that we heard about in the uh, previous uh, the previous presentation. Uh, really interesting, though, that everyone jumped on the fact that this looks like naming way. And they automatically assumed, oh, it's naming ways. We're getting naming ways. And then it was like, oh, it's a lopperet. Um, I think. Yeah, my, my gut instinct was that they were like the evilly smoogles, kind of, yeah. without the palm. I could see that. I could see that. Uh, but pretty much the, they are taking the design for uh, naming way uh, from, what was that, Final Fantasy IX? Is that where, so. where naming so. way was really uh, really uh, prominent? And, uh, and, and and four, four and nine. Four and nine. Thank you. Oh, yep. well, four makes sense. Yeah, and so it makes oh, sense. Yeah, yeah. I just Googled sense. it. Yeah, so that, since we're doing FF4 stuff on the moon, it makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So uh, I think that's going to be that's gonna be all right. I Let me tell you, I am so much more okay with the idea of like a cute bunny beast tribe on the moon than I ever was with any of those fucking Namazu. I hate those things <laughs> with a mad fucking passion. Every time I see one, I get violently angry and I want to kick it. I hate I, it. I, I, like I thought I was irritated by the Moogles and then I met the Namazu. Right? Thank Opened you. Up my whole world. Thank you. The uh, absolutely insufferable beast tribe. Hate them. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, we also find out that we're going to be getting an oceanic data center. Hell yeah, for the Aussies. Hell this yeah. is, yes. Uh, oh my. It, finally. So needed. So needed. Um, I think that that's great, man. Uh, we're also, you know, we're also going to be getting uh, cross data center travel, um, which is, I think, uh, you know, uh, just a, a, another move towards, uh, you know, just being completely shardless. Um, you sort of connect to the overworld that you get the best ping out of. And then when you want to go do events, you can it's really kind of open uh, to, uh, you know, whoever, whichever server. Um, I, I, I definitely think that this is uh, this is a a, uh, a big deal and uh, well, well overdue, well overdue and will bring uh, no shortage of new players because um, Oceanic is one of those hugely rapidly expanding regions when it comes to esports. So you got to think that there's just there's a huge gameplay and market that exists down there um, that, you know, if they had a bad experience the first couple of times that they played 14, uh, that this should uh, this should really open up the possibility of, uh, of of really being able to, you know, do some of those more end game events a little bit easier and not having these uh, big ping and latency problems problems yeah i mean it should literally cut their latency in more than half like it should be well under half of what it was now yeah we also found out we are getting male viera absolute mad lads about really nika nika no one had made them before really that's well exactly like there's never been male viera in the final Fantasy universe right and it was well overdue what? I mean, I, I feel like they, they I, look better than male Makote do. <gasps> Take that back. What? They the do. Cat boys are going to be upset. Stop. Uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to get boycotted get by the yeah we're going to get male uh, by, boycotted by all the the male cat cat boys. It's not going to be good. Yeah. Thanks, Nika. Thank you, Nika. That being said, bunny boys are exciting. You know. 
happy to see them. Um, and they did say that they will be bringing female Hrothgar. Please look forward to it. No why, why did every male bunny look... Thank you, Judge. Uh, why did every male bunny look like uh, they were trying to sell me uh, like Tommy Hilfiger jeans <laughs> or Amber <laughs> Crombie and Fitch? Like, like they, they, they all they, look like they me. all look. Yeah, they all look. Hey. They all look like hey. like. Uh, yeah, I'm a. Like they could be on an Amber Crombie ad, and like you walk through the big shopping mall, and they're just like on the p- big, huge wall sized poster. Yeah, like come here and just hey. check out my abs. Want to want to want to try on some jeans? Right. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, 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 did they have to make them that ridiculously attractive? My God, they had to compete with the male makote, I guess. Somehow, I guess that was their out. I don't know. Show me an ugly male makote. Show me an ugly male makote model. I'm sure we could figure something out. I. The, it, oh the, wait, they did that. It's called Hrothgar. Oh, <laughs> that's true. I, wonder, I gotta watch. Gotta there's wonder. one of two. There's two ways they could go with the female Hrothgar. They could like make them real butch and like like what the is male with your ones. Obsession with butch females. I have to know. No, there's no no no. Like <clears throat> there's a difference between butch and like muscular. Okay, so like they could go like the femoral route where they actually end up being like tall and beautiful and like the opposite of what the Hrothgar are, or they could be like ugly and like female troll type of thing female troll you know like in in not in well, not in 14 but like in in like lore and like trying to think of like other lores where there's like dwarves or trolls that are female oh like they, oh, like, they, how like, dwar- like how dwarf women have beards yeah like that so they could go like that direction with the hrothgar and make them like look like the male ones but like slightly more feminine or they could go like and make them like sleek and slender and like pretty cats uh yes Epsa in the chat saying we have Fat Makote now. Fat Vieira win. Oh, oh God! <laughs> See, until we get until we get Fat Vieira as a playable race, I can't in good conscience play <laughs> the, one. The, the text just not there yet. I I I don't I'd see. That's that would be Yoshi P's line. Ah, oh, text just not there yet. Um. We just need a belly slider. Ramos Ramos says they're probably going to make female Rothgar look like Tigra. Yeah, there we go. Maybe that's, I could see that. I could see that. Like, like that. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like, go like an opposite direction to make them more like. Wait, Lloyd Lollafells are already round. What are you talking about? He wants round Lollafells. I, I want. I want perfectly round Lollafells. Oh, not like potatoes. You want like a, a sphere. Yeah, like I want to kick them <laughs> like and then and then bubble. and then all of their forward momentum. Like if they're down a hill, they have to go down all the. There's there's no way to stop. If, if they if they bounce, I'm down. Uh, well, we could we could oh, create like new a basketball. sports. Oh my god! Instead of bliss ball, it's literally like fat lalafell that you kick around. There you go. This sounds like abuse. No, no, Nika, no, no. Uh, Sorry. yeah, let's go with it's they, not. They're, they're Maybe volunteers. this is what they do in that underground area, Charlay, and when they put them down in jail, and instead of just jailing them, they turn them into no, the no, balls. The, the lalafell get three meals a day. They're volunteers. It's fine. They like it. <laughs> uh huh. All right, let's go to our phone lines. That, that by the way, covers most of uh, what they announced at uh, uh, the opening ceremonies for the FF14 Fan Fest. Uh, we did, they also, you know, they, they have a bunch of swag that they uh, have to sell or try to sell. Um, the only one that really caught my eye, the LP soundtrack. Oh, oh yeah. That looks so cool. 
Uh, Is it all vinyl, or do they have any that are disc? I mean, I think the point of it was that it's vinyl, and that's never been done before. Yeah, pretty pretty sure they they already have the Blu-rays, Nika, already of those albums, and these are just re-releases on vinyl. Gotcha. At least that, that was my impression. I really, I, I, oh God, I'm such a, I'm such a vinyl nerd. I want one of those box sets you, really you were, bad. You were saying you were disappointed. It's all one color though, right? I, yeah. You know, uh, as a vinyl nerd, like, uh, I have a lot of, uh, limited edition, uh, color copies and stuff like that. They could have done. And, and the thing is, is that like colored vinyl has gotten really cool and, uh, unique and, and pretty intricate in the last couple of years. Um, they could have really done a, a very cool limited set where each uh, soundtrack was a unique color. Um, I would have easily paid, you know, 50 more bucks for that on top of the uh, the price that they already have. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that this is really cool. Uh, I don't I can't name very many video game soundtracks full stop that have been pressed on vinyl. I think that's that's this is a new frontier. But I think that this is really fucking cool. Yeah, it's really different. Uh, Geis in the chat saying they could have used the meteor around the vinyl. God damn it. Oh now my god, they could have. You're saying cool shit now that I wish that they had done. Uh, Alright, let's uh, go to our phone lines. We got uh, Crimson Tinted hanging on. What's going on, Crimson? Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Good to be on. Good to hear you all putting your perspective out there again. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, what do you want to talk about today? Okay, so my question involves a little bit of setup, and I'll try and keep it as uh, pithy as I can here. All right. Uh, um, years back, if you recall, there was the live letter uh, question response from Yoshi P about the nature of recurring content, and the answer was good. You know, I don't expect people to play all the time. I expect people to be able to step away that whole bit, if you recall that. Yeah. So you, I remember y'all being very, and a lot of people being very critical of that response with a lot of the criticism surrounding around it sort of being an excuse not to like try harder and do better with recurring systems, right? Um, in light of, you know, Shadowbringers being what it was, and having brought y'all back in light of the Endwalker announcements here, I'm curious if y'all have given any thought to that past remark, and if you view that stance that Yoshi P put out there a little more favorably as time has moved on, or do you think it's still sort of an excuse not to try harder to have recurring content stick? Um, I think, and I still stand by it, that that answer is a non-answer because what you're being pressed about is your 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 content schedule and how satisfying the content is when someone completes it and i i think what is frustrating about that response is that it really just doesn't fundamentally address the problem um and it and really it is very dismissive of people who want out of the MMO that they're investing month over month in um, that, uh, you know, uh, that they have some reasonable expectation of being able to play this game on a regular basis and feel like they're being rewarded for it. 
my my biggest criticism of Final Fantasy 14 has always been that the gear treadmill and the constant moving of the goalposts is maybe the most frustrating and disheartening thing about Final Fantasy 14. And I'm glad that you've asked because what I did was I went and I played I fucked off. I played other games for 2 years before I came back and I played Shadowbringers. Uh and while I thought Shadowbringers was fun and I was very impressed by the storyline and I liked what I played I immediately finished uh, the story content and then logged off and basically didn't log back in again. And if that is what Yoshi P wants from his MMO community, then I guess that's fine. That's his choice. But I think what what I was concerned about at the time, what I'm concerned about now, and what I'm concerned about moving forward is that once all of the hype dies down from all of these disaffected WoW players being pissed off with their last expansion and coming over here and going, eh, this is pretty good. When that wears off after their first expansion cycle and they see, oh, it's just the same treadmill, this next expansion... Is that really long-term community development? Is that really long-term game development? Is that really serving the people who will stick with this game the longest? Um, I'd like to think that, you know, doing a podcast and, uh, you know, running a community around FF14, uh, w- you know, would have been enough incentive for me to want to stay uh, tuned in. But even I needed two years where I needed to go fuck off and play other video games. I don't know that that is true of other MMOs because my reason for quitting other MMOs have been vastly different at the time than I feel like I got everything out of it once I cleared all of the story content. I do very much still feel that way. I am very much playing Final Fantasy XIV and Shadowbringers in that fashion, and I don't see anything that was announced uh, throughout FanFest that would make me change that for the foreseeable future this is just simply not a game that i have a desire to spend a whole lot of time with once i have cleared all of the relevant story content but i will say that bazoja kept me logging in quite regularly and and kept me playing quite a bit so i think that they've got something there right like i think that there that system is pretty decent that there's there's something pretty good about that um how they could implement that moving forward i don't know but uh i i still remain critical of the ongoing gear treadmill and i again i don't know that i've ever seen yoshi p meaningfully address that criticism right that Uh, makes that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean uh as for my thoughts, um, I, I feel a little bit differently about that comment. Uh, not too much. I mean, I, I still agree with the Nero in that it is a non-answer. I think that's an answer he gave due to the size of his dev team and kind of wanting to be a bit of a cop out for you know the amount of content his team could push out. And I, but I also think that given how other modern MMOs work, 
it's expected. I mean, most of them work this way. I just think it was poor phrasing on his part to make it sound like, oh, yeah, but there's nothing for you to do if you do keep playing. Like, I, I just think he could have phrased that better. Um, but I think at the time I was extra pissed off because, you know, it sounded like he wasn't trying. Uh, nowadays, I, I do think he is trying. But um, I, have a, I have a criticism not about the fact that there is a gear treadmill but about the fact of how that team has chosen to implement the treadmill and the content that powers the treadmill. And I really, really wish they would, and I don't know whether this means changing the way they manage their team or expanding their team, but I really, really wish that they would expand the content, including the types of content, and be confident enough to take content like Bosja and implement it with the main progression systems, not as a standalone and use these things as opportunities to give people a reason to keep playing throughout a cycle so that the majority of the player base would keep playing here and there during a patch cycle and wouldn't just fuck off after a month and not come back for three or four months. And I, I still think that's the game's greatest weakness. And uh, But I don't think his comments spoke to that as much as he was just explaining the cyclical nature of how these games tend to work for the majority of players. And I hope that he's kind of seen that but who's to say nika do you have uh, anything to add not anything that you guys haven't already said i agree i don't have any anything groundbreaking to say <laughs> crimson what was your take on uh on that comment i mean i'm mostly in agreement about the it more being a poor phrasing from yoshi p than him trying to establish a sort of u- unique excuse for the lack of recurring content, you know? Um, and I would largely uh, concur with the... Well, honestly, with the... I guess I concur. I, I, I'm more... I understand, I have empathy and I understand the play cycle of people who just show up at the patches a lot more now than I did years ago, which yeah. makes me sad in the sense, but I understand it, right? Because, like, for 95% of people, what does it matter? What does the treadmill matter? You catch up in two seconds, you get done what you need to get done, you go now, right? Like, it's just the way of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I view the treadmill as, and I've said this before, I view it as just like seasons, right, in a, in any other online game, where, you know, if you if you have the time and you want to compete in a season, you do so, and it's fun, and you get some achievements and stuff out of it that showed how good you did during that time frame, and then uh, you move on. And if you're around for another season, great, you keep playing. And if not, you drop off, you come back later. And, I, and, and you know, there's some definitely some criticisms to designing a game entirely around a seasonal model. But, you know, I do think it works sometimes. But I don't think it's working for 14, I want to be clear. I think, I think it was I, I, working for first for ARR and Heaven's Word, and then it but, started... But I think it worked for it. AR and Heaven's Word because people had hope that the content would continue to grow in that fashion and not yes. stagnate. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. That is yeah. correct. And so, I will complain about that all day. <laughs> right. So, and then that just brings me back to my original point. It's not the fact that there is a gear treadmill. It's how this development team has chosen to implement the treadmill. There's a right and a wrong way to do the, the carrot on a stick method. And I don't, I think this method, right or wrong, has stagnated and it needs to go. Well, and, and I think there's also, you know, the very, uh, you know, the, the very real factor of looking at how, 
people are getting the the you know given uh, uh, receiving the content that they're given and how many people are actually active in it um you know if uh square enix is seeing uh you know participation drop off in uh older content and that's not a problem for them then they've decided that you know all of the work that they put into what came before what is currently you know right now the uh piece of content to do then i guess that's fine the sad thing is that the player base recognizes that that's not as much as we used to get and those of us that have been you know playing this game for a really long time go oh there's only one dungeon this uh you know this patch cycle guess i'm gonna be you know running one of two dungeons um you know and yeah that while that does get annoying i think I'm at the point where I've just sort of set my expectation to be like, okay, that's what that's that's what this game is willing to deliver. And I, if if that's the case, then that's fine, but the way that I'm going to choose to play it is to either wait until we're deeper into the expansion cycle to resub and then play everything in one fell swoop and, you know, but again, when you think of this in business terms, that doesn't seem to be the best way to develop an MMO. However, I, I, if if the data that Square Enix is seeing is showing that we're retaining a lot more people through having them collect mounts and triple triad cards and, you know, orchestrian roles, uh, then, then we're confident that we could do with things like gear or progression then maybe that's just the the route that they've chosen and you know that yeah while that's not what i would choose um something's working because you know it does seem like this game only got popular more popular through uh shadowbringers uh life cycle yeah and i i do think that there is something to be said for the disconnect when they look at metrics, because um, you were kind of alluding to it, when they look at metrics and the way they make a decision off that metric. So, for example, with the dungeon example, I think this is the perfect example, to be honest, that we keep getting less and less dungeons because they've decided, oh, these aren't as exciting to people. They'd rather be doing other content, so we should put our resources to making other content. But the problem is they didn't go, oh, this isn't exciting. How can we make it exciting? They just opted to do less of it. Right. And I and I think that that means their polls, at least at the time when they were making those decisions, wasn't really on the mark, at least definitely not to the Western audience. I can't speak for their Japanese players. Maybe they felt differently, but definitely felt like they made they had the right metric and the wrong response there. But but what's still very unique about this and Khaled kind of mentions this is that Eureka and Bazoja have both been good changes to the game. Um, you know, we know that sometimes uh, developers, if especially in an online environment, will uh, try and experiment and uh, put it into a uh, sealed off portion of the game. I think Blue Mage is a really good example of that. They didn't know what something like Blue Mage would do to the balance of jobs. And so they made it its own thing. Um, I, yeah. I sort of see Eureka and Bazoja in the same way and Bazoja as a sort of like 
2.0 of what Eureka originally was. And that sort of makes you wonder, is there any way to take some of the lessons that they've learned through Bazoja and Eureka and apply them more meaningfully to the core game or to the core overworld experience to be able to bring out some of those um, you know, some of those aspects of older MMOs that we miss. Right. And and honestly, even if they decide to keep the gear treadmill, the, the experiments they're doing with Bosja and, and simpler content, all they have to do is link that into a progression path. True. Like the same for the same progression path that rating, for example, has or and and you know, it can be slower if you go through the more casual content. It can take longer. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah. whatever, however they want to do it. It doesn't have to, you can still let Raiders have their, you know, advantage or whatever, but they need to find a way to unify these systems. And they just seem so scared. Every time they experiment, they isolate the progression system, whether it was Palace of the Dead, Eureka, Bosja. I'm just waiting for them to come out with a fun system like those and decide, you know what, in some small way, yes, we will give you player power. That's all I want, player power. Yeah, I, I, I think that that uh, is is very accurate. And, uh, you know, I think that there's also the albatross of balance that hangs over the dev's neck uh, all the time. Everything must be in balance all the time. Um, I mean, and homogenization. I don't, That's where it's going. I, I just, I don't know if it has to do with the way that they QA content or, uh, you know, the way that, that they think content will be um will be um you know sort of uh accepted by the audience but i you know there's this very real aspect of of online games mmos and that is if you are willing to put in more time or effort or money and by money i mean in-game money not real money um, but if you're willing to make a, a large investment in this game that you will then have a big long term power advantage over everyone else. And that doesn't exist in any way, shape or form in FF14. And I feel like that's one of the big things that and I, I you know, I've talked about this a lot throughout Limit Break Radio's lifetime that really holds the appeal factor of Final Fantasy 14 back from me, because, you know, what's the fundamental reason we play MMOs? At least a part of it is to show off. To other people, I, you know, I look at all of this cool shit that I have that you don't. I think that that is a huge part, a huge fundamental force in MMOs yeah. that's, that is really kind of being cast aside by FF14. I will say, I do get that feeling when I see people with, like, the the weapons from the, what are those fights, the ultimate? ultimate. Yeah, the, the ultimate fight. The problem is that I've never felt that getting one of those weapons. When I was grinding in ARR for a, you know, for um, uh, uh, raid shit, for Binding Coil of Bahamut shit, or when I was trying to keep current on uh, relic weapons, I never felt that boost, that power boost, um, you know, I, uh, against other players, right? Like, it was I, just, it was like a slight, you're you're able to out-DPS them, and if you have a, a, a parser, you could probably see that, but... I never really felt like, oh man, this is like, like when someone showed up in Final Fantasy XI, when someone showed up with a fucking apocalypse, it changed the entire yeah, fight, the entire party. I think, yeah, I think that's 
I think that that speaks though to an issue with again how they do balance like I would ex- in other MMOs I've played that do the cyclical nature there's a certain level of power boost you get when you get new gear right but in in 14 nothing seems to scale fast enough to make it feel like it was meaningful and I think that adds to the issue again I think it's it's not that the tr- it's bad that it's a treadmill it's that the treadmill is implemented like shit it's like, it's it, a very small tr- it's a very small too, treadmill. too tiny Way yeah too tiny. because yeah. the when you really think about it you have one of three choices in terms of relevant eye level gear and that, I, that you can yeah, use yeah and not only that each choice is is too small of an incremental upgrade yes if if there was either more difficulties which again can get crazy speaking from examples in other games true or if you just had a slightly bigger eye level gap between the difficulties you know uh, you eventually you can hit a sweet spot where gear scales that being said then you run into the problem of oh their secondary stats still scale like shit so even if you right. add a little more it's not quite enough they'd have to revamp the way crit and, and skill speed spell speed work but but again the, these systems are not new you you can implement similar systems to make scaling feel meaningful i should feel very different when I am a fresh level cap character versus when I've killed the final boss of a raid, I should yes. feel a power increase. And right now, even with a parser, not that I would ever use that, <laughs> even with a parser, like it's, it is moderate. It is not as high as I would expect. It actually takes, in my opinion, most of the expansion before the beginning and the end, you actually have that meaningful power boost. Yes. And that's just, I think they're just terrified of scaling too high. I'm actually surprised they feel the need for a level squish next expansion when their increments don't look that big. I agree. I completely agree. Uh, you don't ha- there's not enough of a power differential between someone who raids and someone who bought their fucking gear on the auction house. Right. You want someone to raid to feel power? Fine. Yes. And stop being pussies and, and like actually give them the power. But then, you know, but the, but then that creates two different classes of players, and 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 then those those <laughs> those raiders might lord it over those those regular nah. plebeians. Nah, fuck the pores. It's fine. You know, I remember actually feeling a difference <laughs> back in in ARR when doing the original relic there, quest when there, you had to do Chimera and like all in like what was it Ifrit Titan and Garuda over and over again to get all the relics I remember like Titan was so hard back then that if someone came in to help you who already had their relic it was a game changer yeah Yeah. and And I feel like I have not felt that again since then I think that's because the item level scaling was in the beginning i think it slowed down in heaven's ward i'd have to go back and check the numbers and also ramos in the chat's mentioning the stat squish is an integer issue not a power issue i'm not they still if they still need the squish that's fine what obviously it's for computing resources more than anything else i'm just surprised because other games that have done this squish their numbers got real crazy before they felt the need to squish squares just being extra conservative right we're, and 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 what we're talking about is not the fundamental uh number calculations in and of themselves we're talking about relative power between either gear sets or weapons so i i feel like yeah there it is it is a comparative uh 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 example and and yes i will admit that this is uh completely anecdotal it's all by feel this isn't 
necessarily based in actual statistics or numbers but you you really don't ever feel like you have a a enough of a significant leg up on the rest of the people the 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 you know the lumpen proletariat that you can uh you know experience in duty finder to really have any of that raid shit or relic shit make a difference in the end it, what i think the biggest difference is is do you like the way that it looks and do you want to use it as your glamour as sad as that fucking is like i feel like that's really the only reason that anyone would uh at this point be really driven for for raiding i don't know i find i find that the, the two classes of player argument that you're citing there only really holds as a potential thing to fear if there's enough content that the so-called upper class you make yet you have some kind of fear that they're gonna like ruin it for the so-called lower or class or different class players right and i, I just don't think there's enough whether like, it be no, through like gatekeeping right. or yeah, yeah, yeah i get i get exactly what you're saying yeah yeah, like there's not some massive problem of ultimate raiders stepping back and ruining normal, you know, raids for two expansions ago and everybody. That's not a thing that's happening. So I just don't know what they're afraid of. Yeah, yeah, it's it's strange. And again, like if you want numbers, if anyone here is really looking for hard numbers, I'll tell you this right now. Starting the content with a 2.5 second GCD for a melee ability and ending with 2.38 is not enough. It should be 1.5 by the end. It should be like a full second. Man, reduction. that's that's a really, uh, really great point. Uh, Crimson, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for having me, guys. Take care. Uh, all right. So uh, if you want to give the show a call, exclamation point discord in the chat, we'll uh, get uh, we'll get you the link to the Limit Break Radio discord. Once you're there, make sure you hit up the channel uh, LBR calls and uh, Lloyd will uh, be happy to uh, send you along to us here on the show uh we do have another caller hanging on the line we'll uh, get to them in just a second but i wanted to uh talk about uh the way that uh the the whole affair ended um the way that uh, the whole fan fest always ends uh and that's with concerts we had the wonderful piano concert on uh, the first day, which had that uh, hilarious Lahi performance. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Sokin really is a brilliant, brilliant mad genius. Did, do you guys see the remixes? No, I haven't seen no. the remixes yet. Maybe we'll do a limit-breaking music uh, and check out some of the remixes uh, next it's time. Some, they're pretty wild. Excellent, though. Uh, seriously, though, that uh, that whole concert was uh, was phenomenal. And then we got the uh, the Primals performance the next night, uh, which I was really uh, happy to be able to uh, to 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 watch. Um, normally, you know, when we're at Fan Fest, um, the uh, the music performances are the things that I don't really typically get to uh, indulge in. Uh, mostly because we're rushing to set up equipment to uh, record as everyone is leaving. And uh, it was really nice. I, they did a, a excellent, excellent job with the mixing and the presentation. The stage looked so cool. Um, I didn't know that WWE was renting out LED boards uh, to just like private companies, but like they had a whole Titan Tron behind them. It was so fucking cool. Um, I, uh, I really, really enjoyed the performance. What did you guys think? Yeah, no, I thought it was awesome. 
but uh, I think the uh, the end of the performance, the speeches, is what uh, what really struck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nika, what about you? So I have not had time with my <gasps> child to go back and watch <gasps> Rivals concert. Go and watch it with your child, Nika. I Can know. we kick her out? Can we just no. kick her out of here? Boo! Boo. What? Can we get some booze I, in the chat? I, I, you know what? I, I, I removed the booze. I removed the booze from the sound effects that you can trigger. <laughs> we get it discussed? We get it discussed? That's you disgust right. me. There we Jesus. go. Jesus, did you even try? There we go. We got, uh, a, we got a few. It, it is definitely on my list of things to do during the day tomorrow. You're some kind of moron, you know that? But, but not, I, I, I did watch the ending, though. But not before the show? No, I didn't have time, man. My life is crazy. Okay, all right. Well, uh, uh, seriously, uh, amazing performances and uh, sloppy. Uh, Soken uh, showing off the uh, the guitar as well. Their uh, crossover with uh, with Fender. Um, the That's uh, pretty cool, dude. It's like they made it for Husky by the Geek, right? Like, oh, did you hear what he's doing? By the way, yeah, I did see that he uh, that he hit his uh, five hundred per video on Patreon, and that he's going to be pre ordering one. That's so cool. It is really cool. I'm excited to see Husky by the Geek with uh, with the uh, the FF14 official Fender Stratocaster, and it even has a limit break button. Dude, every video he That's does so now cool. for FF14 better have that that Fender in it. Goddamn right, and he, and it better he better be hitting that limit break button and fucking Whoa. going hard. Hell yeah! <laughs> I just I I love it. I I I, I thought Are you gonna you gonna actually love your bard play the Fender to the game too. <laughs> no. No, I'm not. I'm no. not doing that. Yeah, I thought that was cool though, that they're doing it, you know, in-game promotion with the actual guitar as well. I thought that was pretty neat, right? Yeah. No, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely think that is pretty cool. You can, uh, you can be an Aorzean rock star now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, got to talk about um, the revelation at the end of. Uh, at the end of FanFest that uh, Sokin had been uh, composing uh, for Shadowbringers while in a hospital bed in the middle of a fucking pandemic while he was fighting cancer and that they didn't tell the development team. I, I legitimately got the idea that the very first time that some of the people on stage had heard that information was right then. Like, no, there's no way it wasn't. I'm, it Everyone except for Yoshi had not heard that before until right then. Yeah, like Absolutely. you can just see it on their faces. They're like freaked out. Like how? Yoshi turned around because he knew he was going to cry. Well, because he asked Yoshi not to tell them. No, that. I know, I know that, I know that. But like, you're in the middle of this huge presentation like someone couldn't have just pulled them aside and been like listen heads up this is what we're going to talk about and you know what i mean like like i would have felt so fucking blindsided i and with yoshi bawling on stage i i would have lost it i lost it i, I did lose it i watching it holy shit <laughs> my mom was here and she's looking at me she's like are you crying and i'm like yes <laughs> Dude, I, I woke up to that video because i didn't i didn't see the concert the night before i didn't stay up so i woke up and i was watching it and i saw that and i just started like bawling and my girlfriend's just like what are you, what are you doing I'm like he's soaking <laughs> video games awful. video games can I, mean, change I was life. already crying just listening to him and then once yoshi yeah. turned around and oh, he was dude, sobbing I, I lost it I, that's when i lost it too when yeah. i saw yoshida crying it was like oh no yeah yeah not not ashamed to a mention to mention that but uh like what a beast is soaking 
What like, dedication? Right? Do you know I saw I, I follow a bunch of game developers on Twitter. So many people heard about this and were like, it, everyone sending him amazing like love and admiration, saying that's what a that's what it truly means to care about your players and all this other stuff. It was amazing to see. Like, like it, it blew up so much. I just can't imagine. Like the one woman was like, we were here sending you like, oh, can you just trim off one second here to like make it fit better with the cutscene? Well, he's in the fucking hospital. Yeah. Yeah. He's just shrugging at it. Like, yeah, he's that's like, whatever. Yeah. But like yeah. that quote that Yoshi, I think Yoshi said it, that Soken told Yoshi like, no, I want to keep working because if I don't have anything to do, I have nothing to live for. And I just like, I, Oh, I just lost it. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, Yoshi's story about how like Sokin was the first one when he took over the team to be like, yeah, guys, we can do it, and and how he's he considers him his best friend. That was, yeah, like, oh, yes, that was heavy. Very emotional. Very emotional. Um, and and yeah, uh, oh god, was Ko- wait, was that the fir- that can't be the first time Koji? They had it. to have told Koji right Cause because he had to Koji pre prepare some of his notes. He, there's no way they wouldn't. Koji. I guess I don't know, man. I feel like he would have been breaking up a bit more when he talked. I, yeah, I, I, how how could you? I, I mean, listen. If that was the first time that Koji had had heard that, like he, dude, there's he no, there's more kudos. There is no way. If I had been in that situation, because I can, I can kind of control. Like I know when when I'm gonna break, right? Like when you can hear my when when my voice is starting to to quaver, right? And you could kind of hear it in your, but he didn't crack the entire time. He had to have known. Yeah, I, I don't see how he how he could have otherwise. Man, but though, but it's possible that they didn't tell him until they were preparing the fan fest notes. He, though, he, either way, he had to be prepped at some level. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea, man. Uh, but here's the thing: uh, all credit and uh, and and props go out to Sokin. Uh, he is a, uh, a, a a smile better suits a hero. I don't know if that drop was necessarily appropriate there, Zero, but I'm going to let you do it. Um, he is a beloved member of this uh, of this dev team, and I would say, you know, uh, FF14 would be so much different, such a different product without him. Um, the way that he has. Uh, spearheaded the unique compositions that we've gotten with you know things like the primal fights that's not shit that that's not music that you normally hear in video games not nope. until he made it normal so and i i fully expected him when he first said i was in the hospital with cancer i was waiting for him to say and i'm getting really sick and i'm stepping down oh and my i'm God. so i am so happy that that is not the direction that went yeah Luckily, i would have I not been okay yeah that was that was if you didn't know going in, that was really hard to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know what? I, I have a very, very real criticism of that concert and and even the, the moments that had come afterwards. And, um, you know, I mentioned this on Twitter and uh, I got a little bit of already some pushback. And how can anyone find any fault in this? And here's the thing. All right. I'm a performer. I ha- I used to have a band. I've performed on stage many, many times. I've also recorded bands many, many times. I'm v- intimately familiar with live production. Okay? Soken deserved 
a live audience. Straight up. That performance was so good and so heartfelt that when they cut to the smattering of Square Enix employees and production people in the crowd, it broke my heart. Like, I would have given almost any amount of money to be there in that moment. Um, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, the uh, amazing Shadowbringers performances with um, I, Brad, I can I honestly cannot remember his name. Uh, the the vocalist uh, who was on uh, who was on screen at the time. Um, there were so many unique, cool things that, uh, you know, that, that performance was just so fucking special. And it kills me. Absolutely kills me that the, that the concert specifically wasn't in front of a live audience. After everything that Sokin has been through, he deserves that. Right. Like, I think that we can all agree that, you know, if if you have been battling cancer in the middle of a fucking pandemic, that it's it's a bit of a hollow victory to go and play to an empty concert hall. I mean, I'm sure that he appreciated all of the comments and everyone watching at home, but he deserved an audience. He deserved a live crowd. And so I want to take this minute to implore absolutely every last one of you motherfuckers that's listening to the sound of my voice right now. Go get a goddamn vaccine. By this time next year, I want I want a makeup fan festival that, you know, just like, hey, we're going to do a mini one, and there's not going to be a ton of game announcements, but we're going to give the Primals a performance that they deserved. And the only way that that happens, the only possible way that that happens is if we all do what we need to do and get the fucking vaccine. Quit putting it off. I don't want to hear excuses. Oh, but it's uh, it might have 5G. Bill Gates might track where I go. I don't want to hear <laughs> any of that bullshit. I don't want to hear any of that. If you want to see the primals, and I know you fucking do, and if you want to show Sokin the, the respect that that man deserves, go get the fucking shot. Get it done so that we can all get past this. And by this time next year or within two years, we can all get back to enjoying Sokin's music the way that it deserves to be enjoyed. And that's all in person, blasting at a bajillion decibels straight into our faces. Agreed. Hell yeah. The only other small criticism I have is that there was an online presence for people who were watching the the performance. They set it up beforehand. Like, they showed some shots of it, and they gave some rules for, you know, how you can participate. Instead of showing the 
empty seats over and over again. I wish some of those cutaway shots had been to that room full of people who were jumping and using the glow sticks and cheering and stuff like that. Denmo had a wonderful video that that sort of showcased uh, all of that. And I just I would have loved it if they had tried to incorporate that a little bit more meaningfully into the presentation. But that is a small complaint i will grant you but seriously go get your fucking shots people um yeah anything to add about the uh the concert no. i don't know if i can follow that <laughs> no no you've you've said everything no i'm just when thinking though if our fan fest was supposed to be like november or something was Sokin still in the hospital then because he might not have even Since been there October. Since October. Oh, so around that yeah yeah. So, I mean, who knows? He might not have even been there. I don't know. Yeah, he may it, not it, have been to NA if, if it had. But again, maybe he also would have been able to leave the hospital sooner if it wasn't COVID protocols. Yeah, but maybe. It's, it, it's, it's not about what if, right? Because this year's Fan Fest is what it is. It's about right. in the next year or two right. years, I don't want to be bunkering down because a new fucking strain of the coronavirus has mm-hmm. uh, suddenly ripped through our area of the world and shut down all of the fun live events that we all enjoy. Listen, yep. I want to be able to see this concert uh, with my own eyes and ears, and I know that you do too. I want to go back to uh, planning after parties to be able to, uh, to to celebrate this game out at FanFest, and I know that you want to be there, and I can guarantee you that we're going to require a goddamn vaccination to get any goddamn after parties that we're going to be throwing. So, yeah. you know what? Go get your shit done. Do it now. Don't put it off. All right. Um, let's go back to our phone line real quick uh we have got evil lives hanging on uh i want to make sure that i uh address him by his uh ff14 name anahu uh from the genova server uh let's go ahead anahu welcome to limit break radio hello oh there you go there you go what's happening uh nothing much right so uh what do you want to talk about so I did want to bring it up the the mist of the realm uh, thing, and uh, of course I got kind of the idea from Eshes, and I looked at my lore book. I think they're going to use it just to tie up all the Eorzea stuff that we have loose ends, Silver Tear stuff like that. Really? What makes you think I that? Think because they said this. They they said that this at the end of six point everything's going to you know be concluded. The story of Eorzea, the Primals, and Zodiac. Like so, there's still some big loose ends. That we don't know yet i see that i don't know that i totally believe that because we've got pandemonium and we know that that uh involves assians we've got this uh you know fight against the 12 uh and whatever that is i, I you know i'm i'm not sure i i don't i think that that statement may be more in reference to the end of the main narrative the Heidelin's zodiac i i didn't take that to necessarily mean that it was kind of all of these other ancillary things like silver tier well but also the name of it is the miss of the realm it doesn't mention the 12 but are we saying the current 12 that they worshiped or miss so it's kind of strange wording for that I mean, it depends on your perspective, right? Gods can be mm-hmm. myths to others. True. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think specifically it's the sanctum of the 12 screenshot that kind of got everyone mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, are we fighting the 12 here? Uh, which is fair, uh, uh, although... Well, I think they're going to be in it, yeah. I, I mean, although that could... That could reference just the setting. I don't know that it necessarily... Oh, no. It, I think it's going to be the 12, but I don't think the entire... Th- I think it's all going to tie into the 12. Like, all the unanswered mystery have is going to be pulled through that. See, I don't know that I would... I, I, that might be really weird. Because... I, well, th- if they do... Well, it depend, depends on how you tie it in. Because, you know, I have the theory that, like, the 12 are just memories of the original convocation with missing or members or whatever. Because it's probably a long time ago. And, and keep in mind, they do have that that technique that they used with the near raids where like on the patches where they don't have a raid, they still continue the story and there's still like some sort of something to figure mm-hmm. out some part of the mystery. So, I mean, narratively, at least if they need they to go have for time. a longer tail, yeah, they have, they have a little more time than just three raids. Yeah. That, I, I guess that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I, I just, I, I, I don't know how I would feel about, a raid that is that seems that whose function seems to be tying up loose ends that seems to be a very convenient way to tie up loose ends because i mean like listen it's all in how it's executed i will grant you that i just you know this the mystery of something like silver tier has been has loomed so large over the events of this entire game uh, you know, it was the opening cutscene for 1.0, and I get that I'm like one of five people who obsesses about this, but I just think that that would be such a, a such a disappointing way to sort of approach winding up various mysteries. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll give you that. Yeah, now that you mention it that way, it feels like it would be weird they would put it in something that is optional content yeah well well i mean they've they've been putting um more and more core lore into the raids recently again evilist raid was a kickoff for actually part of the relic quest line now with bosja uh the current eight man raid which you could call optional content is huge in terms of lore implications true true i i mean it's just when they announced pandemonium and said that it you know you had the assian along with it i i I took this more to be like it's going to tie in a little bit more like binding coil bahamut tied in and i the reason that i think that is because you had this same sort of um uh uh, uh, content pattern where like one uh 2.0 ended very clearly and then you had uh in that that sort of celebrational cutscene, it sort of steered us to where we were moving next which was binding coil of bahamut and i i you know i i sort of feel like if they're going to try to connect this pandemonium raid meaningfully to uh the core lore that you would almost have to do something like that where it would be something like you know roll credits and then we move on to the next thing or um you know how how else would you satisfactorily introduce that into uh the the storyline like what what member of uh the scions would uh would would be the one to kind of kick that off you know yeah i'm not even i don't even know oh or i mean for the 12 probably urianja yeah possibly possibly um that would make actually yuri Anjay would make a lot of sense uh or even grahatia he you know we'd see in the cutscene i know he's looking up 
mysteries about the star. True. Know, True. Uh, Ahanu, did, was there anything else that uh, you uh, wanted to add? No, no, that's good. I just also liked seeing you guys again. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll we'll uh, talk a little bit more about uh, ways that we might be able to see more new episodes of Limit Break Radio in the future. But uh, really appreciate the call here today. Um, if you want to call Limit Break Radio, exclamation point Discord in the chat gets that done. Or, uh, well, actually, that's really the only way to get it done. Uh, and uh, well, Lloyd is standing by to uh, send you into us here on the show. Um, there was the producer live letter. Uh, I, I feel like we've been going for a pretty long time. Um, but let's just try to barrel through this as fast as we can. We got patch 5.55 coming out May 25th. That's like way sooner than I was thinking. They were they said they were actually gonna do it this Tuesday. What? And they just yeah, in 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 the presentation they said we were actually gonna do this Tuesday, but we thought the team might be a little burnt out given all the events this weekend. I'm like, you absolute wow. mad lads. Why would you No, good call. Good call. <laughs> Yeah, that's insane. So a week from tomorrow, we'll uh, get our hands on uh, patch 5.55, and uh, that will mark the, the end. Yes, the finale of Shadowbringers. And, uh, so wait, are we getting nothing story-wise between now and November? We woke over the schedule, but yes, correct. Yeah. Oof. Um, I'm going to We've all, we're also going to be getting a uh, brand new battlefield uh, for uh, um, Bazoja uh, called Zan- Zadnor. Uh, the final chapter of Save the Queen will be a part of this. Uh, as Also, we will see the uh, resistant rank cap increased from 15 to 25. New skirmishes and critical engagements will also be added. And we will see a large raid be added as well 48 players for that one uh i think that's pretty exciting especially if they uh you know learn their lessons from the first one and they just throw this straight into the duty finder i think that that's a really smart way um to uh to to kind of continue continue to do this um and and you know what the other thing is uh i think the smartest thing they've done with this content is uh catered to your audience a little bit you know ff11 fans and uh the resistance honors that they're adding that kind of like post progression progression system right yeah because it because we don't know what the cap is yet it seems very much inspired by merit points and similar systems i you know i got the same i kind of got the same vibe from it as well let's talk about those resistance honors uh it's unlocked upon reaching resistance rank 25 uh sufficient metal can be used to acquire proof of metal proofs of metal um the proofs of metal can be exchanged for three types of honors that increase attributes in save the queen areas son of fortitude increases maximum hp son of valor increases damage dealt and son of sucker increases healing potency and i have a sneaking suspicion that at least one of these on several members of your raid are probably going to be pretty critical for being able to beat that raid if uh the last uh kind of series of them was uh was any indication you needed some of those uh some of those upgrade those metal upgrades to uh be able to um uh you know progress in uh in some of those fights they're just the, in some of them there wasn't enough dps to be able to uh uh yeah. move them forward on release yeah, uh, they'll probably do it where you can enter without them but it's going to just be that much harder is there a cap on proofs 
That is unknown at this time. And uh, there's also going to be a means to uh, increase mount speed uh, so you can get to those uh, critical engagement areas faster. Uh, Skirmishes and critical engagements will be adjusted for uh, fewer participants, uh, which is natural as, uh, you know, people start to filter out of these systems and into whatever 6.0 is going to be, uh, you know, going to be presenting us with. I think that that's um, both smart and necessary. Uh, the availability of large-scale assaults uh, will be adjusted. So uh, hopefully that means throwing uh, the Castrum raid into the duty finder and you know not having to uh, flip to different instances to see if one is uh, one is spawned. Why they connected it with the large-scale encounter system is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's so confusing. Um. Chances of being selected for duels will now increase upon non-selection. That's huge, actually. That's huge. So the longer the time you spend in Bosja, the higher, and you don't get selected for a duel, the higher the chance you are selected for the next duel increases. That's pretty smart. <clears throat> um, the uh, Delibrium Regne uh, Savage will be adjusted to allow between 24 and 48 participants, uh, which I think it's got a strict participant number of 48 right now, right? Correct. Yeah, I think what they're doing is since there's another Bosja raid coming out, they're just kind of allowing this one to be a little more accessible. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we've got some other FF14 events leading up to N Walker. We've got in June, July, uh, patch 5.57 and 5.58. Uh, those will contain some small adjustments, uh, such as uh, permanent echo for savage raids. Uh, in July, we've got the Make It Rain campaign. If you want MGP, uh, we've also in August got the Moonfire Fair and Rising events. September is the FF15 uh, collaboration returning. So if you want the fucking car, I guess you can get the fucking car. It's a pretty it's, cool car. It is not. It is free, not. But it's, it's a free a, it's, four seater. It's dude's night out. I hate all free, of you. A free four seater <laughs> is worth it in this game. I hate all it's of you. So funny, it's so funny. I hate it. It's funny because it's so stupid. I, Come on. It's so, it is, Actually, it, have you ever jumped thing, in the car? Yes, the car it jumps. infuriates me every time I see it. <laughs> it's so stupid. Now, the worst thing is that you don't turn the wheel. <laughs> You look really. That's stiff. the worst thing. That's the worst thing. <laughs> yes, that's the worst you, thing. God damn it! That's horseshit. Have you have you seen the Lollafell in it? It's so dumb. No, I, I haven't like seen the Lollafell in it. So dumb. Why can I he like not it. see over the dashboard? He can't, not really. No. They didn't give him a fucking phone book to sit on. Jesus. But then they can't reach the gas pedal. Apparently not. Um, and then uh, November will. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. October is the potential time frame for implementing cross data center t- uh, traversal. And uh, then in November, we will see and Walker release, which I, uh, to be honest, listen, November uh, of this year, I think is a very reasonable uh, release time frame uh, for, uh, you know, for this expansion. I, I think the the time we've spent waiting uh, for uh patches feels longer than that does so uh good on them for you know for um uh getting it out on a in a reasonable level although yeah, i guess the way that they handled pre-orders was stupid and mean i'll, I'll be honest though uh, just in terms of time frame you guys realize it's on track right there's usually a six and a six month gap instead yeah. of a three to four month gap. It's they didn't push it back because of COVID. That's actually huge. Yeah, no, and and I, again, I think that that's something to be commended. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, that I've heard, uh, you know, that is a uh, a, a big. 
um, criticism of uh, the way that N. Walker is being handled is uh, the fact that there was some high-end endgame raid content, battle content that uh, had to be pushed back in order to uh, release N. Walker. And uh, a lot of people seem to be taking that out on the Bunny Boys. Uh, that you know, pointing at uh, the extra work that went in, f- uh, went into the oh male Viera as the reason that they didn't get their battle Ow. content. First Just- of, first of all, you fucking idiots! Those are two completely separate teams that devise battle content and d- do development, graphical development work that is required uh, to add an entire fucking uh, uh, playable race to the game. You oh. goddamn idiots! Also, he <laughs> he's made this very clear in his last like two or three interviews the reason it got delayed is because the resources he needed was he has a very unfortunately small set of players that can play test the ultimate raids because of how hard they are so the, the dev team doesn't have like you know huge amount of skilled players sure unlike other companies they don't hire like a team of like you know end game raid testers right so he has to grab you know whoever he can and he didn't have their av- availability for both 555 and end walker like he couldn't make that that fit that's that's why it's happening so for anyone anyone claiming an art asset or like animation rigging has anything to do with like the that rate is he said is mostly coded it's it's literally testing and tuning phase yeah like I, I, it's just, I think it's a, it's a sort of an unreasonable, uh, uh, thing to get mad at. Uh, you know, listen, this is, this is when you are dealing with something like a pandemic that can disrupt a development process as much as moving from working at an office to working at home can do. Um, when you're in that sort of situation and you're trying to maintain a release schedule, you go into triage mode into what can what can you take time to develop and what is going to have to wait a little bit more time. And when when the the waiting is okay, like maybe two percent of my total player base will end up going and challenging this piece of content versus the next fucking expansion. Like, how is it reasonable to go, well, it definitely should have been that ultimate battle content? Like, like I'm sure if Nika and I were still playing 14 actively right now, like, you know, more than once or twice a month or week, whatever, like, I'm sure we would be upset that this ultimate fight wasn't being added. But I, I I'm, and I'm sure you agree, Nika, that it in the grand scheme of things, it's worth the price. Like, like yeah, I don't sure. understand the complaint. Yeah, I, I don't either. So I just kind of wanted to address that uh, before we uh, before we wrap up here today. And that will uh, take care of all of the announcements uh, from the producer live letter and subsequently all of the announcements from FanFest itself. Um, so, yeah, again, tons to go over and uh, and so much here that is uh, really exciting. I think that there's a lot in and Walker that is uh, really worth getting excited about. It's interesting because I, I don't think I had this much excitement going into Shadowbringers. Um, and I don't know if it was still just the bad taste that was left in my mouth from Stormblood or whether it's the fact that, uh, you know, I actually understand the, the, the sequence of events that I'm seeing. And I'm not trying to figure out why is Menphilia younger and hanging out with Thancred <laughs> in uh, a, a building that I don't recognize. Like there's there was so much that was mystifying about 
the Shadowbringers trailer that we just... I liked that, though. It it was very cool, but it also, you know, I I think it came at a really awkward time for me because it unmoored me from uh, any sense of, 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 like, knowing what to expect, which is, in a way, I think is good, but for me, being as down as I was about Stormblood didn't do anything for me, right? At that point, I felt like, oh, if there's like a lore nugget that I could chew on, uh, I'd be really interested in this. And you just didn't get that from the trailer presentation of Shadowbringers. Obviously, the content of Shadowbringers, very different story, right? Like you, it takes a minute to get there, but you, there is a payoff for everything you saw in that trailer and shit that had come way earlier in the storyline that all of us were still kind of scratching our heads about. Um, So I think that, yeah, my excitement level is much higher now for N Walker because I understand the context of what's happening uh, because I, uh, you know, uh, have the investment from uh, from Shadowbringers and coming off of a great expansion uh, and looking forward to uh, to what comes next. How about you guys? Yeah, no, I'm 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 really hyped. Honestly, like Shadowbringers pulled me in because it was basically an isekai, a stuck in another world story, and I'm addicted to those. So sure, you know that was that was the hype for me. But now coming out of that with everything we learned, like I didn't think I was going to be hyped for Ed Walker until I saw where they were going with it, and now I'm. Like, I thought I'd be excited, but I didn't think I'd be like hyped. And now I'm I'm fully hyped, especially after the recent uh, trailer. Nika, I, yeah, what about you? I'm in a weird place just because of where I am in my life. So like, I am definitely excited. I can't say that I'm like hype just because I don't know. Like I don't know. I want to play. <laughs> okay, boomer. I'm just nervous that I'm not going to be able to play, and so I don't want to get my hopes up that this is going to be like some amazing expansion, and that I don't get to play it very often and that makes me sad so i'm kind of like in this place where like, and i like haven't been playing the game very much recently so i'm kind of in this place where i'm like kind of it's weird because like i still love the game so much but then when i look at it i'm like i haven't played so much i feel like i feel my love falling away and i don't want that to happen so i'm hoping that like the, this expansion will be so good that it'll time, come back time management nika you can do it well, i know my, pl- my plan i plan to try writing again uh, when the, the maybe that's your fucking problem, come. Nika. Maybe uh, you don't have to jump into the goddamn deep end of the pool yeah. when, when you're. No, but that's what I love about this game is raiding. I, I, right. I maybe right, we can go suffer through pugs together. Oh. Well, I definitely know my raid group is dying for me to come back. So <laughs> that would be an understatement. Um, yeah. Here, here's the thing. I as first of all, as chi- children age, they tend to gain a little bit more autonomy. Uh, so you know, maybe not I- directly in the next year or two, uh, but a little bit after that, you might you you might yeah. start so to when, uh, have a little bit more free time. When when she hits like that prime gill farming age, that's really exactly. Well, I'm hoping because I'm going back to work this fall, so I'm hoping like she'll be in school, she'll have an earlier bedtime, so she'll go to bed. I'll just go raid; it'll be all good. That'll yeah, good. yeah, you won't have any uh, homework to check <laughs> over or anything. No, no, that's no, fine. no. It's, it's look, kindergarten; they don't have homework. Like, you're, you're, look at your optimism. Look at that. I'm trying guys I'm trying because I really really want to play this expansion because I am excited the trailer got me excited like even just a little amount of the fan fest I got to watch got me excited so like I really want to play but I'm just like just because I haven't been playing recently it's hard for me to just be like yeah so I'm trying to 
in all honesty, I, I get it. I, I have those moments as well, right? Like I come in, I, I do the patch content, I'm always hype, and then a few weeks later, I go to play and I go, oh, I never bothered hearing up. Oh, crap. I gotta yeah, what am I doing? What am I doing? It's tough. It's tough to get back into the flow, right? I can't. So I'm hoping that a new go back. Maybe, maybe that's what the three of us need to do. We need to find some time when the new expansion drops, see if we can get into that flow again. Yeah, you know what? I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. And we can uh, we can do it here on the stream, too. Sure. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So uh, before we uh, before we get out of here, guys, uh, there is one more thing that I did uh, want to talk about. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last time, uh, and that was the the sort of future of the show. Uh, where will the show end up? Uh, you know, we've done two reunion episodes here to uh, cover FanFest. And, uh, you know, as I'm as I'm listening to the enthusiasm level, uh, it sounds like there is some interest around, uh, you know, playing uh, Final Fantasy 14 and possibly making content for it again. So we talked about this the last time and uh, we talked about, you know, if we did a Patreon campaign, what would it look like? And I am here to tell you that the Patreon page has been updated officially. And we are prepared to open up the Patreon campaign for donations for us to revive, ultimately revive Limit Break Radio with new Final Fantasy XIV content. Here's the thing. I don't think with our personal lives and our interest level in the game, nor do I think that the content release structure of Final Fantasy XIV can support a weekly podcast. I just don't. Am I alone in that one? Like, I just... one of no, the no one, way. One of, no way. One of the most challenging things that we did with Limit Break Radio was figure out how can we... You know, there was... there Nothing happened in this last week. How can we talk about this? You know, how can we make this translate into uh, a, a weekly podcast? So, what we are proposing is... The first several goals of funding would be uh, what we would need to revive the Limit Break Radio podcast archive. So the podcast archive has been offline for uh, probably about a year now. Uh, What happened was that the Limit Break Radio website was compromised. Uh, I don't know how somebody got in, but somebody got in and uh, just wrecked up the place. And um, so the subsequently, the website had to be taken down. And uh, so we have the episodes still that archive still exists. I'm kind of like a a backup fanatic. I make backups of backups. Okay, so I, I still have the entire Limit Break Radio archive. And so the the Patreon campaign would uh first seek to reestablish 
the archive and the website both of those are going to take resources bandwidth is um apparently not a limitless commodity like i know that it is uh but you know it, it, it in this day and age without any net neutrality it costs fucking money so uh the good news is though is that we do still have a web hosting f- uh plan uh, the the data that was on there is no longer on there, uh, but that space is still available to us. LimitBreakRadio.com is still available to us. We still own that space. So, uh, well, you know, the first couple of, uh, of funding goals are very, very small. They're very reasonable. Uh, I think the, uh, the archive comes, comes back at 60 bucks a month. And then it becomes everything that we ever uh, that we did for Final Fantasy fourteen becomes publicly available again. Um, but the deal is is that we, you know, we want to do the show, and it, the time commitment is the thing that is the biggest struggle. And obviously, that's because we all are you know at very different places in our lives uh you know compensation is a factor whoever hosts this show i believe needs to be compensated and so you know we are and it stands to mention you know when we did this this patreon campaign the first time we had so much more momentum this show had been produced for a year uh, we had, uh, you know, we had already found a really good groove. Uh, we're coming from from an almost stopped position uh, to try to revive this. So if you go to patreon.com slash limit break radio right now, you won't see anything. And that's because when I looked at the account, I realized that we still had uh, about. I don't know, 50 people that were technically still subscribed uh, and about $400 uh, coming in a month if we were to turn this back live, if we were to re-engage the campaign. So what I want to share with you right now is that if you were a Patreon to Limit Break Radio, if you were a patron... You may want to go back and reevaluate what you are signed up to give. Because what I don't want is I don't want to hit launch and then get a whole bunch of people going like, hey, my credit card got dinged and I don't know why. Okay? So that is why we the next episode of limit break radio and oh yeah there is a next episode of limit break radio that's why the next episode of limit break radio we will formally launch the patreon campaign to revive limit break radio and we the reason is is i want to uh give everyone the opportunity to reevaluate their commitment, their financial commitment to Limit Break Radio, to sunset if that is indeed what you want to do, 
uh, you know, cancel those payments. I, I'm just unsure of what happens when I hit launch. And I want to make sure that I tried to get it out there. Like, listen, if you were signed up and you don't want to be charged for this, make sure that you check your Patreon account and, you know, reevaluate. I'm not entirely sure how Patreon works. There has been a lot of changes in the three, you know, two, three years since we uh, originally set up the uh, the account. So, um, um, yeah, I, I, that is uh, that is a thing that w- is going to happen. Um, so, I, I the other idea, and and so you know, I I can see some people out there going like, yeah, okay, I, you know, I like Limit Break Radio, and you said last time it's got to change, and I accept that, but once a month, I don't know that I want to. I don't want to pay for something that's once a month. I, I want it to be more frequent if I'm going to be forking over money. And that's fair. I think that's a that's a fair expectation to have. So what we're going to do is that once that funding has reached another goal point, I'm not going to I'm not going to get specific with dollars and cents here. But once we've moved past bringing Limit Break Radio back on a monthly basis, the next funding goal would be unlocking limit break radio for final fantasy 11 so we would be producing the final fantasy 14 show and the final fantasy 11 show in tandem now has to be said i don't i I might be able to convince strife and nika to play final fantasy 14 often enough to come up with an opinion for a show once a month i don't know that for sure yet i might be able to convince them i don't know if there's enough money that i have on earth to be able to convince nika to start playing final fantasy 11 again nope (laughs) which means that the hosts between the final fantasy 14 and final fantasy 11 versions of limit break radio would have to be different okay that wouldn't necessarily change the price tag associated with funding the show but it would mean that there would be different hosts between the different products i think that that's fine so Let's say that we get to the monthly Final Fantasy XI show. Okay, we're producing Limit Break Radio once a month. We're producing uh, the Limit Break Radio for Final Fantasy XI once a month. That's uh, a, a new episode once every two weeks. If we get to the next thing, if we get to the next funding goal, guess what? Let's Be Real becomes a motherfucking thing. I will produce another talk show and we will actually uh, see the let's be real podcast come to fruition okay that's what we're working towards and the funding goals by the way i will mention to you the funding goals are all inside the margins that we were able to get within the first limit break radio patreon campaign obviously a different campaign but we are not asking for more money to be able to produce these shows in fact it's within this like i said it's within the exact same funding margin i mean we at one point we were getting twenty two hundred dollars a month off of our patreon campaign well guess what at two thousand dollars a month 
we're going to commit to a 11 episode video series i don't know about these two but i am i'll i'll commit to it when we went and we made the uh the great ff debate back in the 11 version of limit break radio uh i thought i think we stumbled up uh, uh, on a great idea and it's been now nine years since we executed that idea so there's there there's an idea that at uh, at two thousand dollars a month that would be enough for us to be able to make an uh, uh, probably more than eleven like a fourteen part miniseries fifteen part miniseries uh, redoing the great FF debate all of this is very lofty all of this requires your generosity uh, and all of this is uh, you know we we are going to lay it in your lap for you to tell us what do you want of us the reason the reason and you know the reason that i think we have to start from zero as opposed to giving this a year's worth of momentum and and proving ourselves and and you know showing you the audience you know the the product that you're going to get uh by supporting the patreon campaign you know uh, again i had mentioned a lot of us are are in different places in our lives and i touched on this the last time that we had talked about it but i didn't really elaborate on it my confidence as a creator has been completely ruined um my experience producing and hosting checkpoint xp for the time that i did it uh really shook my personal and professional confidence uh you know i for those that you know have been catching up on uh on stream days or hanging out with me on stream days um you know you'll know that i do have a day job it's still within radio it's in production and it's pretty assembly line it's pretty easy uh it was in fact uh it was it was in fact uh, a, a job that i had had before uh i had uh i i I, before we had started limit break radio up again actually um so being fired from a show that you had gone out on such a limb to kind of birth into existence and you know i had to i had to bang down doors I had to, you know, uh, do pitch meetings with, uh, you know, with people that I hated. Um, I had to, you know, work on the entire pitch. It was, there was so much work. And I had even forgotten this as I was going through and clearing out some of the, uh, some of the stuff from, uh, from uh, the Patreon page. I had forgotten how many episodes of Checkpoint we had produced in tandem with producing Limit Break Radio and uh, and Final Encountercast, like in my head, that overlap was like I don't know, fifteen episodes. When it was in in reality, it was like 60, 70 episodes. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. We were on like episode I think seventy three or seventy four. Wow. Uh, so that means that 74 episodes were were produced while we were uh, still producing Limit Break Radio and Final Encountercast. 
that's so much work. I had forgotten how much work that I had been doing, not just for Limit Break Radio, but also for Checkpoint. And to kind of have that all evaporate very abruptly um, without really understanding what happened, you know, uh, there's a basic understanding that you know it was the pandemic and that it wasn't personal it wasn't performance related and that's all the things that i think you're told uh if 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 you're in the uh uh being fired position and you know i have no reason not to believe that but at the same time it has been screwing with my confidence for over a year and still continues to fuck with my confidence to this day. And I hate it. Like, I, I really, you know, I, I miss the days where I was uh, so confident in, in a concept where I was just, like, ready to plow ahead and, uh, you know, figure out the complications as they, as they rolled out to us. Um, I, you know, it may be the fact that you know, I'm 36 now and, you know, I'm, I, you know, in it, just in this place in my life where it's like, I don't, I, I can't afford to do things for free. I can't afford to just, you know, I, I people and I get, I get feedback on this all the time. People come to me and they're like, a Nero. You have the microphones, you have the ability, you have the talent. Why don't you just start another podcast? It could be about anything. Just just start another just start another podcast. And while I appreciate that kind of enthusiasm and I appreciate, you know, um the fact that this is that's something that people would want to see from me and that it's requested. Um you know, this is my profession. This is what I wanted to do even before Limit Break Radio. This is why I went to college. I've always wanted to be on the radio. And to not only have my own personal confidence in my professional ability shaken, but to also have my confidence in the radio industry shaken as much as it has been has been a real challenge for me to overcome personally so i you know i i don't i don't have an end cap to this i don't i don't have like and now i'm in therapy and i feel better um i don't i don't have health insurance if you want to know the real answer to that um it's something that i'm still struggling with it's something that I'm still, you know, it's still a chip that I have on my shoulder. And I don't want anyone to mistake this and think like I'm I'm talking bad about uh, Kahlo or Escalia or anyone that's left over at uh, Checkpoint because I'm not. The decision was not theirs. It came from far above them. And I I want them to succeed and I want them to do well. But I have to be honest in that my own confidence in my ability to create a compelling show and and one that was as well programmed on a meta level as Limit Break Radio was, you know, I just I 
I don't know that I have that ability. I think I do. I hope I do. Um, And if you, as the audience, decide that you want to fund the project to find out, I'm willing to to go down that road. And I'm I'm willing to get back in the saddle. Uh, I'm willing to, uh, to continue to try. But... I feel like I would be doing everyone a disservice if I didn't express just how nervous I am about doing Limit Break Radio on a regular basis again. Um, which is fucked up because, again, when we when we came back for, F, for FF14 the first time, it was like, we know exactly what we're doing. We know exactly what we want the show to sound like. We know exactly who we want the audience to be. And this time, it's so much more nebulous. And it's so much more hard to define. Because the game is the age that it is. The community is as old as it is. And, you know, I... I I feel like a lot of my best ideas have tapped out. I might be wrong, but that's the way that I've been feeling. So, um, Carletta asking, does that mean Juxta is coming back? Maybe. I don't fucking know. Well, it it depends how good you guys are with his drops. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) listen... You guys have not been on your drop game tonight. It's been okay, but they've been infrequent. Almost. (laughs) I've been watching my points. I'm almost there. Nika, do you want me? Do you want me to fire one for you? (laughs) I'm. I need thirty more points. I I got. I got you. (laughs) Well, which which one would you want? Hey, phrase it. That's a good one. Thank you. There you go. There you go. That's good. Oh, okay. Then I guess just pout. That's an even better one. (laughs) Do your job. Uh, all, all relevant all relevant all all very relevant um so <clears throat> that's where we're at that's where we're at with uh the future of limit break radio jesus did you even try i did try god damn it i was i was <laughs> jesus did you even try god damn it i oh, did god. try oh, they're piling on i know they really are um so yeah i i i think this is the best uh, the best way to proceed forward uh, with new Limit Break Radio content. Uh, I hope that you guys agree. If you don't, if you think that there's a better way to to organize this, I know that maybe my description of everything wasn't uh, wasn't the greatest. Um, you know, uh, send me a, a DM on Twitter or uh, you know a, a private message on uh, on on um, Discord or whatever, and uh, let's talk about it. I, I'd love to hear your ideas uh, for what you'd like to see out of a Limit Break Radio Patreon campaign. And, uh, you know, the ultimate goal here is to, uh, you know, bring back a podcast that you guys uh, would both love and uh, want to continue to listen to. And, um, you know, I, I, I 
it's really hard because the uh, rose-colored glasses effect is usually what ends up happening with, um, you know, show revivals, especially if they've been gone after a while. And for every little change that has to be made because either somebody's not available or, uh, you know, uh, it just can't it can't functionally be the same. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of resistance to that. So uh, as long as we've gotten through the fact that it, it is going to be a very different show up front and uh, you think that that's still worth supporting then the patreon will be there uh to uh to to allow you to do that and um you know i i think the 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 actually the bigger part is uh getting the uh the lbr archives back online uh we really want to be able to do that uh we also want to be able to build a new website uh obviously we can't use the old website since it's been compromised uh but we really would like to be able to uh build a new website obviously for that we're going to need a web designer so uh you know anything that you can uh, toss in the fundraising bucket is uh is certainly helpful so um but i think with that i think that's it was there anything else that you guys wanted to add i just want to say it's uh it's been amazing, you know, being part of this and, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited, but also, yeah, just knowing that it's all going to be different going forward, but still cool that it's still part of my life. Well, and we'd like to make it a part of your life, uh, but in order to do that, uh, we're going to need a little help. And, uh, you know, uh, it seems like uh, the LB Army was up to the task before. And uh, if you're still up to the task, we are going to uh, make that possibility available. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, if, uh, if not, I think that, uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, this show is uh, is is a lot of fun to do in terms of revival specials when we uh, have a reason to do it, whether it's a huge announcement like uh, like N Walker or Fan Fest or, uh, you know, even something as simple as um, celebrating uh, celebrating Sokin and his health. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, periodically, even if we are, uh, you know, not hitting our fundraising goals, you may end up seeing, uh, you know, limit break radio sporadically. Uh, but, uh, the Patreon is the way to, uh, get us to commit to a regular schedule. And so that you can, uh, have, uh, regular content that you can rely on, even if it's not maybe weekly content. Um, when can we expect the LBR musical? Uh, I <laughs> gotta, you know, I, I don't think my singing voice is, uh, let me see. Lahi? No, I don't think it's, it's going to be ready. You know, you know, speaking of L- other LBR content, I forgot to tell you, Nero, when I was streaming last Wednesday, there was one one outcry of one uh, piece of Twitch content they really wanted to see. And uh, they really, really, really wanted to see in a Nero angry rant hot tub stream. Ooh. Oh. Well, that I was, can uh, do that. I, listen, I can ruin the hot tub stream meta on Twitch very easily. I already have the thong to do it. The only thing I don't <laughs> have is the hot tub. So... Uh, kitty pool, kitty pool will work. These yeah, people are apparently, as so I have seen. Um, I, you know what? There might there might be a day where I just go over to my parents' house and be like, "I'm gonna borrow your pool," and uh, don't look outside at all. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see about that. We'll maybe we'll maybe we'll make that a stretch goal. Is uh, an Nero angry rant uh, uh, hot tub stream? Uh, although I don't know. It, can you? 
can you i don't i don't know that i'd be able to work up that same amount of anger hanging around in a banana hammock in a thong oh, I, I think we could figure it out maybe maybe if i'm complaining about the banana hammock i don't know well yeah, just give yourself a wedgie beforehand you know but it's a thong it is the wedgie nah tighter really pull it up listen you haven't seen my thong <laughs> all right it's well the audience wants to so. it's it's about it's about the width of silly string okay all right yeah, it, and nero's it, only fans will be up very shortly that's right i'm gonna do lunges in the in the listen i'm i am i'm now threatening the limit break radio audience with a good time um but here's the thing if you if that's something that you really do want to see for some weird fucking reason uh i'll do it uh well we we could talk about uh how that could uh could be presented as a uh reward moving forward but uh but yeah i think listen uh know that the patreon is coming back it is an inevitability it is happening uh we will uh be doing another episode of limit break radio uh sometime after tuesday may the 25th obviously that is when the next update will happen uh we want to be able to have time to go through all of the content so i'm not promising something you know like may 30th or may 31st but keep your eyes peeled to uh social media at limit break radio limit break radio on facebook uh also uh the youtube wherever wherever the fuck else uh you can uh we will we will be sharing what the next uh recording date for that episode of limit break radio we're going to be talking all about the end or the uh shadow bringers uh entire story from beginning to end we're going to be uh sharing our thoughts on all of the different story beats that happen throughout and because uh uh, uh Shadowbringers uh 5.55 will have wrapped up officially by then we will also be doing our speculating for Endwalker as you know there's probably going to be some context that's revealed by the end of Shadowbringers so uh if that is uh, something that excites you I would hope that it would. Uh, we will have a uh, 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 the specific episode date uh, forthcoming here uh, in the next couple of weeks. Again, keep your eyes peeled on uh, social media to do that. And at that episode, we will officially re- relaunch the Patreon. So if you are still subscribed and you wish to not be subscribed, you wish not to be charged for the Limit Break Radio Patreon, then make sure you go and unsubscribe on your account now now before the relaunch of the patreon in uh let's let's just call it early june okay so uh i think that's gonna be it for this episode of limit break radio and you don't actually have that long to wait for the next episode how cool is that shit so uh make sure you keep your eyes peeled to our social media so that you can join us for the next episode of limit break radio i want to thank all of our callers here today on the show appreciate uh, the two calls that we had as well as everyone who joined us throughout the recording of the show almost a hundred of you hanging out here with us on stream here today appreciate you guys so so much i also want to thank my co-hosts for this episode nika and strife 
hopefully juxtaposition will be back for the next episode and we uh, can rely a little bit less on you guys for the drops in the chat room that's gonna be it for this episode of limit break radio my name's nero keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Nero Gregori. Final Fantasy XIV and Aorzi are trademarks of Square Enix. Opening music in this episode from Pirate Crab. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at PirateCrab.BandCamp.com. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch are provided by the generous viewers of the Limit Break Radio Twitch channel. Thank you for your support. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.